All right, everybody, welcome back. This is episode 24 of the Independent Intel Podcast. I'm your host, Kimbui Bomani. Here again, it's been a two-week hiatus, but I'm back. Had to conduct a move from Shreveport to the west side of Chicago. I live here now with my fiance. Um, it's a very beautiful apartment, and I'm just ready to get down and get back to work with the pod. And I got my old buddies from At The Whistle, JSU alums, Wakil, Frank, and Clements. Two more is Darius and Ace. Not Darius and Ace, but Ace and Deshaun are going to come soon later. But these are the guys I have on the panel. And I'll let each of them introduce themselves and um, talk about what they're waiting to attack on this latest episode of Intel. Wakil, you go first. Okay, how you all doing today? For everyone is doing well. My name is Wakila Tig. And I'm just very eager to really dive in and, you know, tap into this whole Giannis being the best player in the league um, debacle, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to really just take a deep dive into that and who is the, and what players are top five right now in the league? Not post playoffs. I'm talking about top five when the season started last season. Who's top five in the league? Okay, while that does change every year, we're going to address that when it comes. Frank, you're next. Oh, man, my name Frank Williams, man, and I'm just excited to be uh, part of the podcast, man, and just a chance to get back with y'all and talk about a lot of the things that we talk about from the, on a day-to-day basis. I think my thing that I want to talk about, too, I, I really want to dive into Giannis's performance in the finals and where does he measure up amongst the NBA's elite? I think that once we do that, I think that's a whole conversation that's going to open up a whole nother keg of worms within itself. All right, last but not least, my buddy Clement. We do disagree on a variety of NBA topics. I'm glad he's on. Yeah, I want to let him introduce himself. And I'm glad you preface with that because I, you know, I I uh, take pride in being a realist. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I love Brother Cam Bowie, but, you know, sometimes you got to bring people on the pod and let them know the truth, okay? And that's what we're here to talk about today. So my name is Clem Gibson. Um, I'm a Jackson State alum. Uh, here to talk basketball with my brothers. Yes, sir. Show the shirt. I'm currently at Columbia finishing up my master's program. But yeah, I'm ready to jump into all of this. Let's go. All right. And we're going to dive into topic number one. It's almost been or it, maybe we should say it oh, nearly a week since Giannis dropped a 50 piece, 14 rebounds, five blocks and a Bucks win 105 to 96 over the Phoenix Suns. It was incredible to say the least. I don't think anyone saw a dominant performance like that coming from Giannis. He scored 20 points in the third. Even when that happened, the game was tied. But we do have to give a shout-out to Bobby Portis. He had 16 points on 6 of 10 shooting. Um, And then Chris Middleton with those two clutch buckets to end the game to finish out with 17 points. And that Milwaukee squad outscored Phoenix 63-51 to in the second half after being down 49-42 to at the break. So, Frank, I'm going to start with you first. These guys were down 49-42 at the half, and it looked kind of grim. What was the dif- difference-making point in the second half that helped Milwaukee come out with their first championship in over 50 years? You know, man, I think it was just an overall team effort. I think it was – you know, I heard Kobe talk about the problem that um, Cleveland had against – one of the times against uh, Golden State – and Kobe talked about the two kings, like he called it the two kings situation, where on offense, all of the offense came from either LeBron or either Kyrie, or even if it was a pass, it came directly through them. I felt like Phoenix had the same problems late in the second half 
where everything pretty much was built off a of book or it was built off of Chris Paul. I think when I didn't even realize this and I don't know where I had been, like I really just checked out Milwaukee and saw them for who they were. I felt like they had a big three. You know, they had a real big three. And when you talk about the addition of Portis and what he did and hitting big shots and just his how he contributed. And another thing, too, I want to say on um, Milwaukee's defense and their offensive and, and their um, they got a lot of rebounds. I'm talking about rebounds on the defensive end. So it was just a total team collective effort for the books to pull that game out. Unlike what I said, we talked about Phoenix as far as having a bunch of individual players and scoring a lot of points. Booker scored, had two games in the whole series where he scored 40 or more, but he didn't come out with the win. So that's what I think. Yeah, and in this matchup, Chris Paul did have 26 points. He shot 11 of 19 from the field, five assists. Clem, when we saw the game in the first half, it was pretty clear that Milwaukee's pick and roll coverage is very suspect. It allowed Paul to get some nice mid-range jumpers to get him in the flow. But as the game went on, Giannis took a concerted effort to be the primary on-ball defender on Paul, and that changed the whole dynamic offensively for Phoenix. How important was it for Giannis to take the initiative, being the former defensive player of the year that he was, to make a concerted effort to be the dominant factor on the perimeter defensive side to set the tone for Milwaukee? Well, I think it was very important because if you look at Milwaukee's scheme, um, I think by putting Drew Holiday on Devin Booker, they kind of was planning to cancel him out. So they know um, Booker was going to try to get his. Booker in the fourth quarter of the entire finals only had one assist because, you know, fourth quarter is time for him to go get buckets. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing on him because that's his job in the fourth quarter is to uh, bring them home up until that last two-minute stretch where Chris Paul usually closes things out. But Giannis's length, obviously Chris Paul, the offensive genius he is, at six foot, going against a 6'11 guy who can move his feet, who's long, who's won a defensive player of the year, it's really challenging. So they're like, all right, we're going to cancel out Chris Paul and we're going to let Drew play uh, um, book one-on-one. If, if he gets 40 on him, he gets 40 on him, but we're taking everything else from Chris Paul and that's their entire offense. So once you cancel out Chris Paul like that by putting a 6'11 guy on him, even if book went for 50, like it, it didn't matter because for him to even get that after playing all these minutes throughout the entire playoffs, it was going to wear down on him. And it did. That's a great point, Clement. I, I do feel like it did wear down on Paul over time. Obviously throughout the series, when Giannis has been squished on the perimeter, he's made some tough fallaway jumpers. That's his patent thing offensively, but you know, Giannis is coming with that energy and intensity that was unmatching game six with the mentality of we're going to close it out here and there's going to be no ifs, ands or busts. And so Joaquin, You've been rather critical about Devin Booker these past few games. He did finish with 19 points on eight of 22 shooting. He made no threes out of his seven attempts. What do you feel like he could have done better in game six to help Phoenix create a game seven on their home court to win their first franchise championship? Yeah, that's um, very unacceptable by Brother Booker. One thing that I would, um, I would suggest that Devin Booker does, you know, going forward as he, you know, um, advances in the league, is not try to wait until like y'all already down and lost the momentum to start getting things going. Cause then you start making bad decisions. You start making poor choices, getting in foul trouble. One thing I think that he should have done in the first half was try to slice away at the Bucks defense and get some of those guys in the foul trouble by driving to the hole, going to the free throw line more. He just was sticking to his jumper that wasn't falling. Like he missed all his threes. And like, I can just tell by like his play style 
because he's like a he's like an offensively charged type of player that if he don't see like his shots going in, he's not gonna make better shot choices. He's gonna keep keep shooting. He had like that Kobe Bryant theory about himself where he just wanna just keep throwing up shots and like you know, sometimes it works, but when it don't work, it looks bad. And we seen that in game five and six of this last NBA final. And as far as Chris Paul, one thing that people haven't seen that I've seen, the first time in Chris Paul's career, I've seen him look out of place. I feel like the 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 trench of the finals got to Chris Paul. It was a little bit too much for him to me because he looked out of place and he looked like deflated. Even like when he was in um, Houston, he never looked like this. So I think that's something to take account for for um, both players. But as far as for Booker, you got to just make better decisions. Like, if your shot not falling, it's common sense. Go to the lane, draw fouls. Take your time with the game. You're trying to rush the game. This is the final. This ain't the regular season, the open gym. You can't rush these possessions, and you can't change momentum when you want to. So that's how I see it for him. But overall, he had a okay series for his first time in the finals. You, you mind yeah, if you I know, – Oh, um, interject, Clem, for sure. I, I had a, a, a couple of rebuttals. It, I mean, it's not about him being my guy. Now he did, he did do a lot of chunking, um, but I don't think a that lot. was necessary. Yes, he did. Um, I think that was more so because of if he doesn't shoot the ball, who else is shooting that ball at the, at a high clip? You know, um, Chris Paul, as great as he is offensively, he's not a guy who's going to put up thirty shots a game. Like Chris oh. Paul, Chris Paul on a good night, he can give you 32, 35 points, right? So you take books scoring out of it. Where is the offense coming from? And you got to remember too, Aiton doesn't, he's not always someone who plays out on the perimeter. So him in the paint, it's like, this is kind of like the same theory. You brought up Kobe. When you got a, a bigger guy in the paint that lives in the paint, as a guard, you have to score outside of the paint because the closer you get his man draws to you so I think that's why he took more difficult shots and then like you were saying with Chris Paul I think we saw last year Jimmy Butler's a guy who's in great condition but you saw him in the finals remember that picture when he was leaning over the banister tired and it's like we got some explanation behind that picture though we know we probably ain't gonna speak on it but we got some we got some explanation you know behind that picture But, but my point is that when you're not used to playing every year that long in the finals it doesn't matter how conditioned you are. It takes a toll on you. And, I mean, I think Deshaun don't get too happy, but that's why we should give a little bit more credit to Bron. Can't can you can know I that man just teed up. Yeah, Deshaun, um, please interject. I'm going to say it like this. Um, I thought that the Suns were a good team. Um, I don't think that Chris Paul – for his first time being in the in the in the finals uh was prepared i'm gonna say it like that i don't think he was prepared he seemed uh after after that first uh game one where he played a, a really good game i thought i felt like he got a bit antsy he got really careless with the ball and i think that's game three or four so i think the i think the moment got to him i'm not gonna say he choked or anything but uh the moment did really get to him um, Devin Booker not being a facilitator and being more of a scorer, uh, volume doesn't mean points. Uh, you know, you can't go, you can't get 39 points if it took you 39 shots to get there and think you're going to win. <clears throat> um, and 
you know, <clears throat> Chris Paul being the, the past first person that he is, although he is a great, you know, scorer, you can't it, – it, it doesn't lead to his ability if all of his scorers are just going to stand around at the three-point line and wait for the ball to come to them. You know, like you can't, you can't be a great passer if you pass the ball to nobody who's not moving. Like, you know, that's, that's, a, that's the thing about court vision. You can't, you can't just be at the top of the key trying to, figure out an, uh, trying to figure out a defense if the people that you're supposed to be trying to get the ball to aren't doing anything. So I think that's another thing that, the, um, that got to them. Their offense was really, was really stiff at the, the three, four, and five games. So it's just it, – it was a bad – it was a bad um, – it was bad execution from the team. Um, Drew Holiday, you know, he – played very good defense albeit you know he's not the he's not the greatest uh offensive threat that the Bucks had out there because Middleton was looking like Jordan out there Middleton 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 and Giannis were out there doing their thing and uh my thing about Middleton is I I think he's only great at home but uh (laughs) but um you know Drew Holiday being number three and forced turnovers in the league you know, that really helped them out uh, with getting the ball out of Devin Booker and, and um, CP3's hands. And I think that the, uh, the bus was just able to, to take advantage of the things that they did well, opposed to the um, Suns not being able to actually do what they did well. I don't know about you guys, but it always did feel like when the Phoenix Suns went up 2-0 in this series, it was kind of like, Milwaukee's others, like Shaggy loves to call him, Middleton Holiday, just had to play better offensively to match what Giannis is outputting, and then I think they'd be fine. And that eventually happened in game three. I know Giannis had the block, but Holiday, I think during the third quarter, hit like three threes in a row, kind of to keep these guys, you know, upright when it looked like Phoenix was going to make that surge. And then we all know about Middleton's game 440 piece. But I do want to touch base on two things. The second one, I kind of want Ace to jump started once you go from here. The first thing is with Paul attempting 12 free throws the whole finals. I think that's very unacceptable. And I think a lot of it has to do in large part because he's older and his ability to just use his quickness and agility to get into the lane and draw fouls just isn't there. In pick and roll situations, he's Mr. Midrange. We've seen his extendo, his three throughout this finals run. And he shot the ball well from deep, but not being able to get to the line kind of hurts. And honestly, you being able to put pressure on Milwaukee's defensive front line. Now, DeAndre Aiden's a guy that hasn't been talked about yet, and I'm going to address this, and I want to see what Ace says about this as well. He scored 12 points, six rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. And, you know, those numbers are very rather pedestrian. And he was 20 or 22 at the line, though, Aiden. So he's shooting pretty well as a big man, but he was out-rebounded by Pat Connaughton. And it was pretty (laughs) clear as the series went on longer and longer he had no answer for Giannis Antetokounmpo when he matched up one-on-one on the defensive end. So, Ace, what do you feel Aiton needs to do after this final series moving forward to not only progress as a player for himself, but what for the Suns need him to be, being that he was a former number one overall pick? Personally, I feel like Aiton needs to, um, one, bulk up, because the way you allowed yourself to get bullied I mean, Giannis is Giannis. He's gonna do what he do. But if this is your this your first go round, like Kobe used to say, you got to figure it out. So if this is your first time going in, and you know, <laughs> some stuff you got to go back to the tape. You got to you know be able to be okay with some constructive criticism because 
six boards is never acceptable for a guy your size. It never. And I mean, we can say, you know, this is his first time there. We can say, you know, the nerves, not, but you there now. So it's time to let all that be gone. Everybody was really their first time there. So I feel like then if Aiden, I think he has the potential to stretch the floor. Figure that out too. Because if Aiden, he's proven, you know, the mid, the mid-range shot can be knocked down. If he can figure out, you know, his solidified role, not only in the offense, but also in defense, because you you should never get bullied like that and actually be the force to rebound the ball, he'll be okay. But it's his first go around. I mean, I, I don't want to be too hard on him, but he got to go back to the tape and figure out those things out. But I do see an alarming trend, and we saw it throughout these playoffs. Um, he needs a point guard to set himself up to be effective offensively. Right. And while that's fine for a game or throughout some possessions, for that to be your staple throughout the postseason showcases to me that right now you may just be uh, DeAndre or uh, DeAndre um, Jordan with a better jump shot. I mean, and that's and that's fine. That's not fair. great for a number one overall pick, but it's cool. And I just feel like the skill set that he has that he had coming out of Arizona, that he still has now the footwork, the agility, the athleticism that a lot of people comped the way he plays. They comped it to David Robinson. If you want to be David Robinson, you got to add diversity on the block. And I think that's important. Defensively, that was his biggest knock coming out of Arizona. I remember it throughout that draft process. He has the intangibles to be a solid rim protector, but his effort, his foot placement on certain plays, it just isn't there. It's hit or miss. And when Phoenix had... Because contrary to probably Phoenix did create a wall. Aiton was the last line of defense on the wall. And when your last line of defense on the wall gets bullied, out agility, out maneuver, finesse, bullied, strong at the rim, it just, it's very deflating. And it presents Monty Williams really nothing else to do because outside of Aiton, their best backup big was Frank Kaminsky, who did give him quality minutes in game six. But long term, you know Kaminsky's not going to do that. So you need Aiden to be out there to be productive. He gave you five fouls, out-rebounded by Connaughton. So much of a non-throw offensively because of what Giannis was bringing to the table energy-wise. He was timid on putbacks. It's just an unfortunate situation for Phoenix all around. That's just something Aiden's going to have to work on moving forward. But now, the topic we're all waiting for, Giannis Antetokounmpo. What a finals run he had. Averaging 35 points, 13 rebounds, 5 of 6, 1.2 steals, and 1.8 blocks. He was dominant. He was phenomenal. He was finals MVP. We're going to start with Ace. I think he's the best player in basketball to date right now after that dominant run. Not only he had in the finals, but throughout the playoffs. How do you feel Giannis stands with the current greats in today's game right now? Well, when we're talking about current greats, um, he's up there. I mean, if you look at the tail of the tape, um, I don't want to go into rankings and talk about top tens, top, you know, top fives and all of that, but he's definitely pleading his case. Um, I love, I love the story, the storyline that comes with it. Um, I, I love the patience, the grind, um, everything that came with, you know, Giannis and how he got to where he at. And I mean, proven, I mean, he said it himself. He could have, you know, went, informed a super team he could have you know signed somewhere and demanded you know I, I want to be in Golden State I want to go elsewhere and form something so I can get a ring but he stayed and figured it out and I mean the role was not pretty I mean 
he, you know, you had injuries. It was times where we as a group thought, you know, the buck, the bucks ain't coming out of this. We didn't think they was coming out of, you know, Brooklyn. So, I mean, if Katie's foot is two centimeters up, this is a different conversation we having. But Giannis is pleading this case, and I mean, I don't, I don't see him regressing. And I'm not even gonna say that we've seen the best of him yet. I am curious to see how they prove, you know, next year, you know, upon Brooklyn staying completely healthy the whole time, and they actually play, and we see where it comes. But I, I mean, hats off to him, man. You know, he he earned my respect. So Clement, uh, like Ace just said, we've had this conversation about Giannis for years, about he's got the talent, he's got all the ability, but what's holding him back is the lack of a jump shot, the wall, Budenholzer, and his subpar supporting cast when they pick and choose whatever night they want to go crazy or go very terrible. And so Clement, after this fabulous playoff run by Giannis, um, do you feel like the best is yet to come? And where do you currently have him when it comes to players in the league today? Well, I think right now, um, my top three is Giannis, LeBron, and KD. Um, I think that Giannis is at his apex right now. And for me, I don't I don't like to just throw a guy in there because they won a championship. I like to kind of scale it in a three-year span. So, I mean, we look at his last three years, two finals MVPs, uh, he makes an Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, this year wins the uh, finals and gets the finals MVP, all-star game MVP, defensive player of the year in the last three years. I think his his last three years solidified him. This took him over the top to be number one. Obviously, Bron, I think, is still number two. He just won a championship last year. KD's coming back off an of injury, but he won, you know, two finals MVPs prior to that. So I think those are my top three. As far as Giannis, if he's going to get better. I think he will get better. I think this is going to be a big monkey lifted off his back. And I mean, everybody's talking about the Nets and KD and everybody being healthy, but I mean, KD's in his thirties, he's coming off of an Achilles. And y'all remember he missed a bunch of the year. Kyrie's always hurt and James Harden's getting into his thirties. And I mean, we haven't seen him take care of his body that, like we've seen, like the Chris Pauls and LeBron James of the world. So I think he's been really going off of his natural abilities. But the later you get in your career, you got to change up a lot of your lifestyle to keep playing at that level. And I don't know if he got what it takes to do that. So I don't think Brooklyn's going to be healthy all year again. I think we're going to see a lot of the same things. Um, and don't be surprised if the bus get back and Giannis continues to elevate himself. I think he... In the next two or three years, he wins another ring, maybe two. Um, and I think he puts himself second behind Tim Duncan among uh, amongst the power forwards. Yeah, I think Clem touched upon a sad reality. Uh, the truth of the matter is KD is older, coming off his Achilles. Kyrie is injury prone. He survived injuries until the unfortunate moment in game three. And James Harden, you know, seems like he favors hanging out with little baby and smoking weed more than taking care of his body. So you all have to, we all have to take all that into account. And that's unfortunate. And so while we all know Brooklyn is talented to the utmost degree, we do got to realize guys that are on their team and their coach, Steve Nash, you know, they can't manage injuries. They happen. And those guys aren't the most durable when it comes to that. And so, Frank, with that being in mind, we do know what Brooklyn represents. We know what Philly can be. We got to see what happens with Ben Simmons. Uh, Boston has a new coach, and we'll see where that goes. Uh, is it going to be a disappointment if the Bucs, the defending champs, don't make it 
at least to the Eastern Conference Finals, knowing that they're going to bring back their core. We do have to see what they do about Bobby Portis. He is an unrestricted free agent and would declare a pretty hefty bag after what he showcased in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it would be. If they don't make it back to at least the Eastern Conference Finals with them being the uh, defending champions, I think it would be. I think with the elevation of Giannis, and see, one thing that I think about him as a player, he's is so much room. He has great upsides and so much room for improvement. Like if he really starts to work on that outside jumper, like behind the arc, like if he really starts to knock those shots down with regularity, I think we're going to see a whole nother beast once he adds those different facets to his game. I think that at this particular point, we still haven't seen, even after a 50-piece uh, type of performance from Giannis, we still haven't seen the greatest of Giannis yet. And when we say stuff like that, that's scary. That's scary. That's scary going ahead. Just like when you, you mentioned that a lot of the players that's, that's in Brooklyn, they're getting older. A lot of other players in the East are getting older, but Giannis still has a high ceiling to how far he can go. And I think, like I say, that books team is a dangerous team coming out of the East. So not, and I, I say it would be a disappointment, but also I don't see it not happening. I think they go back to the, I think they make it back to the finals again and have a great chance of, uh, of repeating. And like you say, I feel like as, as far as the books is concerned, they got to do whatever gotta, they have to do as far as on the money side to keep that team, that core nucleus together. If you want to create a dynasty in Milwaukee and bring some type of a, a consistency of winning back to that city. Yes, and uh, Joaquin piggybacking off what Frank said, I agree because they're in a weird dynamic. The East is evolving and the Bucks are surging, surging at the right time. And when you have your best player who's 26, only peaking, um, or just peaking, maybe not even starting to peak, he's just evolving. Um, how important is it, do you think, for the Bucks to continue to build on that Joaquin? Because we do know the elephant in the room is. Mike Budenholzer is still kind of trash. So how are they going to be able to survive his coaching ineptitude so they can be able to fulfill repeating as champs? I feel like um, we've seen the best that the that the Bucks have to offer. And I also feel like they got lucky, okay? I'm not, you know, one of them people that, oh, Giannis, oh, Giannis. This is the best we're going to see Giannis perform. And also he got lucky because of injuries, okay? So it's not act like Frank, you said they're going to repeat the next couple years. Clem, you said he may get two more chips. They are never going – both of these teams, including they are never going back to the finals, okay? Never going back to the finals, okay? That's why this NBA Finals was so important because it was like one of the best competitive finals we've seen in like the last decade because both teams were not favorites when the season started. And like they was their first go round, so we really got to see all the um, fresh competition out there. But I feel like for the Bucks, as far as you know, Bobby Portis, um, he gonna he gonna definitely request that bag. I say try to you know trade some for him or not, you know, just you know just let him go, so y'all can save money for the future because they not going back to the finals. Any event that Brooklyn gets back healthy. Uh, Toronto gets back in um in form and the Sixers make some adjustments. It's gonna be hard for them to just walk through the East, plus the the uh, Hawks. So we just can't say things are gonna be a cakewalk for the Milwaukee Bucks because they won a championship this year. They won because of injuries and because of Giannis. But one thing I've I've learned with life is that time evolves 
everything else evolved. So defenders around the league are going to make adjustments to how to stop that seven foot euro. And you're going to have to tap into your you're going to have to tap into your real offensive arsenal and get some real skills. You see what we I'm saying? We just said though. We can just I, said can, that the man. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Cam boy. We just go said ahead, Frank. The, we just said that the man hadn't even reached his peak yet. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If, if he yeah. improves, he also said that he felt like Giannis is this the best we see. Like he feel like this is the best we see. No way. He won. He won. He won MVP the last two years, and he capped it off with a championship. This is the best it's going to get for him. It's not going to I got to add in something. I got to add, can, if I can, can we let me piggyback off of what I To say that, okay, I agree with you on the Suns. It, it was, they rode to the finals through the West was, hey, it happened, it happened. I mean, LA's hurt, Denver's hurt. You finally get some comp out of, you know, the Clippers. I mean, that that was a big like y'all come on now exactly but i'm saying on the buck side for the though, west uh east on the buck side though they had their adversity no they did and see it's going to increase next year when everybody is back full fledged but, but i feel like Giannis's mentality to to shortchange him and say that he won't see a finals ever again i feel like that's not fair to him He's so 26, bro. Hold on, hold on. He's outside, 26. Outside of, outside of the Nets being hurt, who did they play that that didn't have their full team? Exactly. Excellent question. I was just like Valid to say question. that. I, was just I mean, like DeAndre, that. DeAndre Hunter was hurt, but, I mean. He don't count. He's like sixth best player on their team. Hold on, wait. Hold on, wait. Um, no, nah, answer the question, bro. Because they, they, they went through Miami, who who smacked them the first year. They, they was full, right. fully healthy. No, Clem, you are absolutely right. I agree. Like, they did have a rough road to the finals. But you know what's crazy? You know what's befuddling to my brain? When one person leaves one conference that was considered a cakewalk, it becomes the most competitive conference. And it's it not the most competitive conference. conference. Who said it was the most competitive? Who Why are we bringing it back to LeBron, though? Why are we bringing yeah, it back? I see where it's going. Like, I see where it's going. Right. I Why are we bringing this back to him? And, 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 and how, he's how, doing so well. Since, 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 really hey, hold on. Since you want to bring it up to Brock, how many, how many, his name. how many times has he been to the out of the first round since he got to the West? Mm. One mm. in the pandemic. In the pandemic, right? Okay. Mm. Okay. So that, okay. Okay. Can, is the can West I, showing? Is but 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 but, can, but the East, but the East not a cakewalk though. Can I just yeah, I want to let, yeah, let Deshaun, you know, bring it can back bring to the Bucks. The Bucks are the Bucks are the caterpillar that turned into the butterfly. Giannis specifically. I don't think he's as good as he's gonna get. I do think that he he seemingly looks like he works on a jump shot because uh, as we saw in these playoffs, you know, the the Bucks were one of the best three point three point shooting teams um in the league in the regular season, but they were absolutely abysmal in the in the playoffs but I do think Giannis shoots just enough out there to keep whoever he's in front of some kind of honest but um you know I think Giannis's ability to like shrug shrug off his his uh deficiencies at the free throw line and from some sort of range uh are going to be overcome as he gets a as he becomes a better player and works harder um, the rest of the Bucks team, uh, you keep Middleton, 
you keep Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis, depending on what he asks for. Everybody else, one fifty. Yeah, you do whatever. You, you, everybody else, you do whatever with that. The, uh, the, the rest of the books outside of Middleton, Giannis, and Drew Holiday, stop it. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the books are the cocoon that Giannis has left behind. So do what you do what you will with that. But if you want to see them back next year, um, I don't think you pay anybody more than they than they already would outside of Giannis. But I definitely think you could afford to move around a little bit. Yeah, I think um, you know Bobby Porter's was huge when they played Phoenix. He allowed when they somewhat wanted to downsize. He was still productive. He could hit that pick and pop. He was kind of their goon that had skill sets, so that always helps. Um, I want to say that Giannis, for him, it's really not so about the three. We always said this. He doesn't have to get like a, a legit three-point shot. But what we saw when he was on the block, the Kobe fadeaways, the dirt one-legged jumpers, he was making those with regularity to the point where I was like, yo, like he started doing it continuously. I was thinking, man, this has a 60% chance of going in. And so if he finites that down to like a science, it's going to be tough because he's dangerous on the block. That wall stuff. It's hard to do when it's over because Bucks do a great job of allowing Giannis to get set up on the block closer to the basket, makes it hard to form a wall. So now you got to double. He's also improved as a playmaker. So when you double, you're leaving these corners open or guys open at the three-point line. That's not the corners. Guys are getting quality looks. And he has a nice little post game. He can, he can turn on both shoulders. He can bully you. He can muscle you. And he's got the agility to where if he's facing up and get you on the block, full head of steam, he can finish with ferocity, and with finesse. And so he's evolving. And that segues me into an important topic. Today's top five. And I think we all can agree he's the best player right now. Giannis, Clem has his perspective of the equity he's built to this moment. For me personally, it's a year-by-year basis. I mean, if you dominate in the postseason and dominate to win a championship, you, you get my best player, you know, of the year award heading the next year. I mean, you just are. And so while my five are probably different than you guys' five, and my five has no LeBron James, um, I want to see where you guys put not just LeBron, but other guys like Jokic, Curry, Embiid, in that top five ranking as you progress forward this season. <laughs> um, I would, I would like to – I'm not going to – I wouldn't say that this is a solid list, but I do put Giannis at number one. He did win a championship, and he proved that uh, – he, he could uh, do the things that needed to be done in order to win for his team. Um, I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it to, to, to LeBron at number two, because um, I don't think that um, his, I'm not going to throw his age or anything into it. I'm going to, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him number two because um we saw what he was doing uh, in the regular season. Granted, they got put out early, but you know, um, top five and top five and in, in win shares defensively, uh, MVP candidate. Um, you know, he just he he did he did the things that you would expect from him, and uh, you know, a little bit more considering that you know, y'all boy AD was just so up and down this year so I don't know what his issue was I'm gonna give number three KD uh because come on now it's Kevin Durant uh you know one of the most versatile 
and effortless scores the game has ever seen. Uh, it might not even be close. <laughs> um, um, number four and five, I'm torn between Jokic and Embiid. Um, so I, I think that's where I'm going to go. I think uh, <laughs> the point guard's got to sit this top five out this year. I do feel like, though, it's, it's just me. I think if your top two doesn't contain Giannis and KD, you're on one. I feel like you're on one because we're judging this by not what you accomplish in the regular season. It's what you accomplish in the regular season and the postseason to where it ended. And LeBron, the way he went down outside of me and Waquil, according to Waquil, we all <laughs> thought when AD went, y'all thought when AD went down, don't matter. LeBron going to find a way to drop 40 against the Suns. They're elementary, they're rudimentary. You don't cook them. And he I, did, did. I did think that. I did think right. that. I thought that uh, LeBron was going to uh, be able to push his way through his injury and figure out a way to put the Suns out in 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 at least six. But it didn't. And I, warned, and I warned you guys. I'm like, look, he can't drop 40 no more, man. He's older. He's coming back from that injury. We saw what he was looking like against the Warriors in the but, play-in. But remember, I mean, he got a triple-double, but it was kind of like, eh. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's more so that yes, he can't do it. I think it's because he had just returned from injury. Like, I think that had more to do with it than the fact that he's 36 years old. I'm just going to go ahead and throw my top five in there. Like I said, Giannis, I have LeBron second because, like I said, for myself, I look at it not just this past year, but I think that it's kind of two, three years. You got to add all of it together. KD just missed, like, an entire season. So I think for LeBron to win last year and KD to be out the whole year, and KD really, until the playoffs, wasn't, like, he wasn't really back back, you know what I'm saying? So for you to put him over Bron, him missing half of the year and then missing the entire last year, I think – I don't think he's better than LeBron, like, when I'm ranking my top three. I have him third. I have LeBron second, Giannis one, and then I have Embiid fourth. And I have Harden number five. Okay, Ace. Ace wanted to get back in. Ace, uh, who are your top five in today's game right now? Top five in today's game right now, I would say Giannis is at my number one. Um, when healthy, KD number two. Um, Bron at number three. Steph at number four. And when healthy, contrary to popular opinion, AD at number five. Okay, okay, unique, unique. Uh, why kill your five? Because you've admitted, you know, LeBron's older and he can't be what he once was. So I'm interested to see what's your top five right now, today. And where's my mind? I didn't say he couldn't be what he once was. I just said the years and years of the years and years of performing at a, at a high level is started to begin to take a toll on him. Therefore, his actions are different. But my top five in the league, number one, LeBron, number two, Westbrook, <laughs> number three, Damian Lillard. All right. Number four, We don't need to Giannis. hear anymore. We don't, we don't need to hear anymore. We don't need to hear anymore. And number five, Julius. Cut his mic. Cut his mic. All right. Frank, Frank, Frank. Your top five. Hey, just Yo go top. ahead and throw Stephon Murray coming back. Just go ahead and throw him in the top five. Oh, hold on, wait, hold on, wait. Put him number three. Put him number three. Just go ahead. 
I got to walk off for a second. Before you go, Frank, listen to me. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out now. Why I got Westbrook and Dame at two and three is because these are two players over the last eight years have been consistent at their position. They just haven't made... Listen, they haven't made the advancement in the postseason, but they have been consistent at their position. Giannis at number four is because his last two MVPs, I feel like, was fluky. But he proved it this year throughout the season and in the postseason that he's an official. He should have won MVP this year. Okay, so I put him at four because I see him on the rise to be a star in this league. And then I got Julius Randle. Okay, the rebirth of Julius Randle. He had a raw deal leaving the Lakers, and they didn't really know what they was going to do with him. And he was born again on the Knicks, and I feel like he going to be a top MVP contender starting next year, Julius Randle. That's my top five. Raquel, can I ask you something? <laughs> <laughs> no, for yes, real. Sir, for I'm listening. For real, for real. Yes. I think we need to start, like, well, okay, I ain't got to ask you nothing, but I just got a suggestion when it, Mr. Kambui and Raquel, this, this is y'all. I just got a suggestion. You know how we got the G League for the NBA? you know you developing and stuff and all of that i feel yeah. like we need to have like a g league league of podcast because Woo-hoo-hoo. bro we talking about top five players of the league of the league yes and you just really overlooked uh, i would you, you could have put Kawhi, and you just said julius Randle. <laughs> he's not durable Kawhi's not durable Frank still got to give his list, bro. I don't even want to waste time on that. Frank, <laughs> you know, bring it back to reality. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Have it off with um, your top five today right now. Pre-COVID. Okay. So, so, so what I have is basically pretty much like everybody else. On one and two, we have Giannis. And number one, we got KD. Now, number three, I have Devin Booker. And I'm let me let me tell you why. I, I'm tell you why I say, let me tell you. Let me. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm saying this like this, bro. We're sitting here looking at a guy who scored 40, not in a losing effort, but we said who was the top five right now. I think that you can't you you can't exclude him out of the top five with the type of performance he had. Now they didn't win. Of course they didn't win, but you still got to put him in there. Okay. We can talk about that. Number four, I got James Harden. And number five, I got Trey Young. I put Trey Young over Steph. I put Trey Young over Steph. You basically looking at the same player. I did. I put it. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me ask this. Let me ask this. Okay, so who made it deeper in the playoffs? Trey Young or Steph? I'm just asking. Trey did. Trey did. Technically, Trey did. technically Steph didn't make the playoffs. Okay. Okay. See, this is this this is what I'm okay. saying. Like, this is why I think there has to be a body of work combined with this. And, and y'all know I love I love book, bro. Like. That's my guy, but go, like getting that far one time is not enough for you to be like to, to be in the top five. Even with Trey, Trey, I think in the next, I don't know, maybe three years, Trey will probably be a top five player. But Clem, I think, I, I'm with you. I'm with you mm-hmm. when you say that. Camboy, you said right now. Yeah, we when, when we did, go, if we go to your for point, sure, Clem, if we go to your point, Clem, then we speak, you're speaking about a lifetime achievement award. No, 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 no. If I'm not saying. 
I'm not saying like I'm saying I'm saying in the I'm saying in the last two to three years. I'm saying like right when you say a body of work, when you say a body of work, you're saying the last two or three years. He can't be what you said right now, right? Right? Right now. So, so so that means if so okay, if we're ranking like the top 10 or 15, that means y'all think Chris Middleton is in the top or 10 or 15 right now. No, because he's too because, inconsistent. No, no, he's no. too inconsistent. I mean, what do you mean? Easy. Right, he's, 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 he's had a forty piece. Clem, he's had a forty piece. And then what he do the next game? What he's he had a forty six? What he's he he's the second best player on the championship team. It's about consistency. He just had a forty piece. He's, he's the closer on, on, on the Bucks, right? Okay, the closer. I don't mean he's top ten. Come on, consistency bro. is important. Like Derek, me and Derek. Me and Darius had the same conversation. He was like, why isn't Chris Middleton in top 10 conversations? You know what I told him? Consistency. Middleton will give you 40, and then he'll give you 12. What right. have we always looked at Middleton as? The running joke. He MJ one game. He uh, Shabazz Muhammad the next. Like, come on, bro. Like, I'm just saying. Consistency I just, matters. I just think if we do this, then every year there's going to be a different top five because some guys show up. For one one year, and that's cool. Like that's how I'm not saying like five years. I'm saying at least two years. We could do it two years in a row, and you at this level, then it's like all right, cool. But like just one year, like I love book, but I mean prior to the playoffs, he was barely in the All Star game. I think he should have been, but you know he he was what the second reserve, and with Trey Young, can't Bowie tried to boy said he would cut him over De'Aaron Fox. I mean, come on, bro. That was before the playoffs, and then you know playoffs happened, and he better than Luca now. So, so, so I, before I think... the playoffs, he was he was he was a, a, a not even in the top five point guards. But after He's the playoffs, not... it's okay for him to be a top five. My issue with Trey Young always was I didn't know if he had the fortitude mentally to be selective when it came to being an aggressive scorer and a playmaker for others. Oh, he was able to balance that finite line. And he showed it throughout this playoff. So why do I have him over Luca right now? Luca hasn't found that finite balance yet. For Luca, it's about let me get my fifty, like... and that's why you got Kristaps in the corner. No, no, like, no. I feel like, Luca, uh... Luca had to get his fifty. It's not that it's not that he wants his fifty. Luca Doncic has to do everything on that offense. I feel like that's premature. That's premature. Okay. Luca is Luca is great. Trey Young mm-hmm. is great. But mm-hmm. I feel like the conversation that we have right now is too premature for them. Oh, yeah, their for sure. conversation, I, I Their conversation will later be, you know, the John Morantz and, you know, the, that that whole thing, that, the, those classes of the world. Their bodies of work is not ready for this right now. Like, I agree. I, I agree. I don't think – I don't think – I don't even want to shadow – like, put, you know – them the light on what they got going on for their careers and everything right now because the guys that we have those that have good sense the names that we brought in um, <laughs> the names that we brought in we can't bring we can't say you know Luca we can't say Trey Young I see what I see what you were saying Frank with you know you watching the same player but if I got a pick I'm going with Steph because when we talking inconsistency. Trey Young has shown some inconsistency too. Game seven against the Sixers was terrible. He was hurt. Terrible. Mm, hurt or not, you on the court. I don't think he was hurt. Hurt or not, you on the court. You got hurt. out there and you you were you were held to an expectation that you had to uphold and you didn't. Thank God for your supporting cast because if you didn't, hey, y'all would have been bumped. 
That supporting cast was Ben Simmons. But yeah, thanks, thanks yes, for sir, the supporting cast. It was Ben Simmons. <laughs> okay, now, okay. Well, yeah, just one. How how is Luca? <laughs> Mind you, this is Trey Young's first time ever making the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. He's gone further than he's ever gone in this playoff in his first playoff appearance. Luka Doncic took the Clippers, who was favorited last year, to six without Chris Dapps Porzingis. Yeah. And he's first team All NBA. Let's okay. It's, it's, <laughs> okay. it's different. Rebuttal two, today. Two years in okay. a row, first team. Uh, if I, I think he was second team last year. Go ahead. Okay. Rebuttal to Deshaun. I mean, I know you're not done yet, but just rebuttal this far. I'm sorry, maybe I'm a little old school, but since when did we start it in this and how far you do stuff? I need to see completion. I need to see accolades. I need to see consistency and see what you have done. I don't care how far you went. Okay, Luka did the same does, thing he did last year against the Clippers. And, and, what does Young, and what does Trey Young have over Luca? In, in 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 the context of they're what both, you're speaking about, they're both equal. They're both equal, in my opinion. No, 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 no. Let well, well, let me. Kudos you. you. Made, yeah. Kudos you made the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, the, mm-hmm. the run yeah. was great. The run was great. In the fashion that it happened, there were some nights Trey Young wasn't the best player on the floor. Every night, Luca is the best player on the floor for Dallas. Right. All right. Look, th- th- this is my issue with the Trey Luka situation. So, um, listen, Luka Doncic, great player. I'm not saying he isn't great. I think the issue with Luka Doncic is he has the ability, as we saw in Olympic trials, to be a very high-level productive playmaker. He just chooses not to do it. I don't know why he chooses not to do it, because contrary to popular belief, why I didn't think the Mavericks roster is the greatest, you do have Tim Hardaway Jr., and yes, as broke up and crippled as Porzingis can be at times, he can still be productive. You have those guys on your team, and it just feels like at times, Luca's like, I'm going to get mine. And you knew who had the same issue, I think, with that for a while when he was with Houston? James Harden. And it wasn't until Dan Tony, for better or worse, came in and was like, look, you're going to be the point, you're going to run the show, you're going to make sure to feed others, and then when the time is right, get yours and that allowed houston and harden to i think elevate as a player for the long haul that's why Harden's doing he's doing in brooklyn trey young in my opinion is a better playmaker than luca we can agree correct yes uh, it's debatable but yeah we can agree he's a better shooter than luca at the line sure and from deep correct we can agree sure. yeah all right when it comes to uh finishing at the rim we can agree Trey Young is has that over Luca, correct? I don't agree with that. Um, when you look at when, when you look Luka, at when Luca gets guys on his back on that pick and roll, that's that's, that's right. money all day, and he's six eight, he's big. Right, that's he, a pick and roll with the floater. I know what you're talking about, but for the most part, we look at Luca. He's effective when he's doing the fadeaway back to the basket, Kobe S type game on the block. Correct. I don't agree with that. I think he's better actually in that pick and roll when when he's driving and he's dictating the game and he got his guy here once he gets into that paint he dribbled dribbled just waiting for somebody to make a mistake and he's at the rim laying it up or doing that floater 
I think he that's where he's the best because of his size. Trey can finish good as well. Like, I'm not saying he's much better than him, but I, I give Luca the slight edge on that. That's fair. And I can say also, you know, Trey Young, they do it a lot more in their offense, and he's a lot more dynamic with that. It's about repetition. That's very important. So, boom, 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 cool. They both aren't great defensive players. But last but not least, free throw shooting, Trey Young over Luca, correct, right? We can agree. Yes. Okay. So, my issue with Trey Young, which I wasn't sold early in the playoffs, was I was like, look, I've seen him play at high octane levels in the regular season, but it would translate to L's. He hasn't been to the postseason. So, I'm kind of like, all right, what's up? Like, I, right now, not so. Gets into the playoffs, dominated a top-notch Nick defense. Everybody thought against Philly, Danny Green, Thibault, Samuels were going to slow him down. They didn't. And before he got hurt against Milwaukee, he was dropping 40 burgers and getting everyone else involved. My knock on Luka is, yeah, he's been to the playoffs two years in a row, but he hasn't got out of the first round. And there have been series that he could have won against the Clippers, especially this past one, when they were up 2-0, 3-2, and looked like they were flowing pretty well in the first half in game seven. He didn't get it done. And I feel like a lot of that was he put a lot of pressure on himself to score all the time when I felt like he didn't have to. I felt like there were opportunities where Porzingis could have got better looks. He could have been featured a little bit more in some possessions. Hardaway had it going throughout the series. He could have had some better looks. We knew what Jalen Bronson was able to provide to the table. Now, some of this stuff isn't on him. Right. A lot of it is on Carlisle. <laughs> a lot of it's on Porzingis, not equalizing on his opportunities. But I do feel like Doncic has a stranglehold on this franchise, kind of like LeBron did early on in his career. I'm the best. I got all the leverage. So I'm going to play my game <laughs> and everybody else better fit in how they fit in. And if they don't, it's cool. I'm out of here when my contract is up, my second deal. So I think that's that's the issue with Doncic, the talent is there. I feel like for him to be a great playmaker. And I think once he accomplishes that, the success for himself as an individual with the team will come. It will flow. But what Trey Young was able to prove right now is that he's got a coach that gets in his ear and lets him know, I need you to be this for us to be successful. They are. They've gotten to heights that we didn't think they could get to. And I just feel like if, you know, Luca was put in that same situation, the way he's playing right now, would not be effective. Let because, me, let me, yeah, sorry. Let me say, let me say one thing too. Cause I know y'all hate when I bring up the West versus the East, but if, if Luca doesn't face Kawhi Leonard, who's a two time um, finals MVP, and in that Western Conference, do you, because Kawhi has some monster games. Like every time their back was against the wall, I don't care how good Luca was playing. He was going against a finals MVP, two-time finals MVP, who could score and defend. Kawhi so, gave him 40, right? Huh? Kawhi gave him 40, right? Right. right. Yes, he did. But I'm, I'm saying I know we can't – it's hypothetically speaking, but Trey Young don't got to worry about that in the East. That's something Luka has to worry about every year. It's, it's somebody. Somebody's going to be – like the West is a, is a dog fight. And I'd be wrong if I just expected the Hawks to I, – I didn't expect the Hawks to beat the Knicks, honestly. Nah, I, mean, I didn't expect to beat the Knicks or the Sixers. Um, the, the, disappearance, the disappearance of number five, Julius Randle. My um, top five player in the league right now. I was trying to save you from restating that, but <laughs> uh, yeah, the disappearance of your number five definitely hurt him. But I know it that did. ain't the argument right now. That ain't the argument yeah. right now. But. Clem, <laughs> not, I feel, Clem, I feel you on that perspective. 
it's just hard to keep that up when you're up 2-0 and 3-2 in the same series. And when Paul George was stinking it up as well. So I just feel like in that series, you're right, overtime, Kawhi got it. He was like, all right, what I'm going to do is take him, like defend him in the fourth, and then throughout the game, call him out on selective offensive plays, bully him when I have the ball offensively to wear him down. But I just feel like the playmaker that Luka is, you can pick and choose the spots where you get yours, get others involved over time. Because the Clippers, they were tripping throughout that series because they were heavily relying on the long ball. And he didn't come through against the same comp twice. And it's just one of those situations where I think he's right there. I think breaking through the door and being that top 10 player that I know he can be. But as of right now, Trey has the edge because he's done the little things that Luka hasn't been able to do. And that's why Atlanta was in the conference final. Now, yeah, I'm, the East is nowhere near the compass of the West, but I'm tired of all that. If you're a great player, you find a way. I'm not saying you're going to find a way and win a championship, but you should find a way and get out the first round, right? Yeah, I mean, what was look? Of dollars, you should be able to find a way. I, so, I mean, <coughs> you know, and he, they, he had the Clippers on the rolls twice. So we'll see what Jason Kidd's able to do on that team. I'm not a Jason Kidd fan. The only thing Jason Kidd has going for him <laughs> is he made Giannis into the player that he is. That's great. Uh, he, what he needs to tell Luca though, when he comes there, is Luca, I need you to be LeBron James-esque. And that means you got to be a much better playmaker than what you are right now. And I, it's in him. We saw him drop like 18 assists with his national team on Olympic trials. So he can do it. And he's he almost have predictable to... too. We know a, we know what the game plan is if Dallas is going into a five-minute drill and they down seven, seven to ten points. We know what's going on. He's coming down, he's pulling, and you minimize back, the court. Back. That's it. That's it. And I don't I don't want Luca, I don't want Luca to become Damian right. Lillard. I don't want Luca to become Damian Lillard. Oh, and what I mean by that oh. is oh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get there. And what I mean by that is a that great is player with immense talent. But not willing to do the little things to help elevate his team to playoff postseason success will hurt him in the long run. We're having these top 10 conversations. We'll just be like, look, cool. We never but... need him to be a playmaker, though. Right. And that's the rep that Luke is getting right now. The difference is, while we're able to vocalize pretty clearly, Damian Lillard, he just can't do it. I still think he could try, you know, care, but he just can't do it. We know Luca can. He's just choosing not to. And I don't want to hear roster trash. I don't want to hear that. You got shooters. You got to pick and pop five. Do it with consistency and regularity. And that will allow the Mavericks to be successful in the postseason. You don't want to be Dame. You know, that's why Dame ain't Curry. You know, he a knockoff Curry. Like Dollar General Curry. But he ain't Curry. Because he not doing the little things. He not setting screens. He not taking it to the hole consistently. He not playmaking for others. Him and McCollum. Your turn, my turn, and look what I got him. And no he way. don't play no defense. No defense. At least Curry try. At least Curry try. Curry right? don't play. Come on, Kevin. You know Curry don't play. He's a defensive line. He tried. He'll play them past. Like, Curry. I mean, Curry, play them play. No, Curry, Curry led the league no. in steals one year. Yeah. Tell Curry, will sit, in, Curry will Tell sit him. in front of you. Curry will yeah. sit in front of you. Oh. He'll stand in front of you. It's a tough but, world, I but, swear. It's a but tough Dame, world. Wow, that's tough, man. I don't know, bro. You got number five with Julius Randle, so you, you ain't really credible <laughs> oh, right you now. You got Dallas no more. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, you was barely Dallas before, but 
Knock out Steph, though. Come on now, Campbell. He's not a knock. Dame sent folks home. He said he one team home. That's one first round, round. First he round. He sent James Harden home twice. And he sent <laughs> He's a first round legend. He sent Paul George out of OKC. Damian Lillard is the greatest eighth seeder ever. I ain't going to lie. Paul George sent him himself out of OKC. Nine points, bro. Come on, man. I mean, you got to do better. Now, look. All right. All right. We're going to sidetrack for some Dame slander. I- I'm on one right now. Look, look, Damian Lillard. Okay, great player. All right, but but let's be real. Here's what here's what happened. Steph Curry got hurt, and you know what the league was looking for? The next Curry. Like, man, we we missing the the light skin long bomb shooter. We need one of those. You know, I mean, you know, we need one of them. You know, Trey Young wasn't in the playoffs like that. We need one of them. So they got Lillard. Not as light as Steph Curry, but you got Lillard. He could shoot. Cool. He extended the range. It owed to Curry. He saw what Curry was doing. He's like, I gotta get some of that too. But here's the thing about Damian Lillard. That I don't appreciate you know, right now. Remember all that talk about I'm loyal to the soil, rip city forever. I'm never leaving. And then you lose to the Nuggets when when no Jamal Murray. You know, I, I'm out here like, bro, this is the best chance for the Blazers to get to the conference finals. I gotta get, I gotta like, get in on this. <laughs> I'm just saying. And then he, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. And so I'm like, man, Lillard, where are you? And it's all a doggy of a sudden, dog world, man. You know, this team ain't good enough. It's I'm like, nah, man. Do not good enough. You got to play better. All right? You got to play better. Nurkic can hoop on the block. Why is he getting 10 points a game? Carmelo, he can do a little something. Norman Powell, okay. CJ McCollum, he was trash. I ain't going to lie. He was trash the last few games. But but come on. I'm tired of hearing I sent Russ home. Okay. You know who else sent Russ home? Horn and Beverly, bro. Everybody sent Russ home, bro. You know come on. It's a doggy dog world. We need you to do something. And he hasn't. So I'm d- I don't want to hear Lillard and Curry in the same sentence again. Right? I won't hear it. Woo! Hey, make the playoffs. You know who I don't want to hear in anybody's conversations? Ben Simmons. Uh, bro, we're talking about not. real. We're yeah, talking about real skill right am, now. You ain't even saying. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Right I am all something hot for this day. I am all. I'm Ben Simmons. Wakil had Ben Simmons in the top five. I'm I all definitely ben did Simmons. not. I definitely did not. <laughs> Hey Ace, go ahead and say what you gotta say because you hey, get it on, get on. He almost he almost threw his fitted off the room. I did. Oh my god! Because. You go on Dame like that with the way that this, it wasn't on his back. He clearly proved I'm putting the Blazers on my back. I'm doing everything I can. You need to be pointing your attention and your eyes to CJ McCullough. Thank you. Dame did everything he could. He did everything he could. Playmate. I'm ready, for this. I'm ready for this moment. All right, look. So, Lillard, Man, game five. We can go five. back and forth. On you. We, we can't. Game five was cooking. 50 burger, all that. I'm seeing it in, my, in the living room. I'm like, dang, Lillard out here cooking. They lose. McCollum sold. He sold, he, he sold the bag. He, he sold it. He failed. Dame is the – it's probably the best – Clutch the best what? This generation of basketball. Stop. In NBA history. Stop. No. Stop. Stop. This stop. generation of stop. this generation stop. of players. Dis- disrespectful to LeBron. Disrespectful to KD. Disrespectful to KD. Uh, not I'm, clutch. We just man. think that in Game Seven. <laughs> 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 no. Not going in his no. Favor. No. That's not. That's not. No. But that's not. No. I'm saying that's not. That's not Dame's generation of ball. 
Nah, I'm Dame is like Dame 30. Yeah, 30. It's, it's in the same, same, same window as Giannis. That's my Westbrook, brother. All the, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. He's 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 definitely one of the one of the best clutch shooters in this era of basketball for sure. So it's, it's not that it's not that I don't think that Dame can do it, but I think just when he chooses to you know take his shots and how he his game is just not it's not conducive to the rest of the team. All right, let me state this. Okay, Damian Lillard, clutch shooter. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Damn For the regular, the same player. Re, no, no, no. They're not. Okay, regular season, Damian Lillard is clutch. Postseason, <laughs> outside of that OKC and Houston moment. All right, two two moments. That's it. Okay. <laughs> anytime you see go, anytime you see Golden State, he fold. Now, now let me get back to the point I was trying to make. Walk the Hill, don't do Game that. Six, Hill, don't do that. Game six when they played the Nuggets. You know what the whole Blazers team was doing? Hooping. For three quarters, Norman, Anthony Simons, Nurkic, McCollum was doing a little song. All right. Fourth quarter, where them dudes went? They, they went cold. So I need the clutchest player in the generation. I need Lillard, bro. I need Lillard. Take us home. You know what Lillard did? Brick. Airball. Airball. Brick. <laughs> Clank. I'm like, that. Monte Morris not playing him, bro. We Come basing on. it off of one game, though. I'm basing it off of his track record in the postseason. Because if I go, if I go, hey man, stop. If I go off of, how much Ellis name get in this? I'll compare him to Dame Lillard. Dame was like a Dame no, was like a Dame, better version of Monte Ellis. Dame took that. Dame took. Dame took the Warriors to what? Uh, to, to zero and four in the conference finals. Ace, make your point. Ace, make your point. Make it. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the six games. Out of the six games, <laughs> unfortunately, it came in the closeout game that he should have, you know, woke up and something should have happened. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it came in. But we talking game one, like game one, 34. Game two, come on, bro, 42. Game three, I had to pull it up for you. I'm sorry. Game three, 37. Game four. <sighs> oh, shoot. Exactly. But it was a team effort, though. Game four, double-double. We know okay. game five. We know a game five. We know what that represents, so, fact. It was a solid performance. from If he could have got help from his teammates, maybe one or two games, this don't have to go six. Here's the track record in that series. When Lillard was a playmaker, they won. When he went hero ball, they lost. Now, a lot of that is not, you know what? Can't even do it. A lot of that is on him, and a lot of that is on how the team is orchestrated. The bottom line is him and McCollum don't mix. They're the same player. However, if you want to continue to have these guys be there so you can be the knockoff Splash Brothers, one of these guys have to take a step back. And you know who has to take the step back? The best player, Lillard. You got to be more of a playmaker. You, yeah. you got to. L- you got to. You have to. It's just not his game, though, Campbell. He it has to not, become he's it. Just, he's just not a facilitator. He's a score first type of player. It is what it is. It's yeah, like but him that's and why he's limited. I think, I think y'all got too, too high hopes on Dame. Not, not to say that he's not a great player. He is a great player. But when you're looking at the guys who are usually 1As, they're bigger players. So I think Outside of Curry, because of his range and what he was able to do, and he had 
you know, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green there that were bigger guys who were good defenders. So usually if you're looking at the one A's, they are bigger, either like big guards or big men. So I think in order for Dame to get to the point where he's going to win a championship, he's, he's going to have to be the second best player on the team. Like we see AD, as great as AD is, AD can't win by himself. He needs a LeBron. You know what I'm saying? So I think Damian Lillard's in that category where he has to be the second best player in order to win a championship or even to go as far as like the finals. Because if you're depending on him, we've seen Chris Paul to make those type of shots at six foot. Like it's cool in the first round. It's cool in the second round. But the tighter it gets, these defensive coverages, they get more serious, they get more poignant, and they like they lock in on certain players. And it's a big man's game. I mean, we look at the top 10, right? Kobe and Jordan are the shortest players on that list. And they 6'6". Six, six. You know so what I'm saying? Mean, so that means that um, that mean Dane got to get out of Portland as fast as he can because there's no other way he's going to Personally, do it. I do. I think he's 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 trying too hard to be that loyal that loyal you guy. That, and, that's, and that's cool. But if it's, if you know it's about his – he needs to go to Philly. That's what I think is the best fit for him. He go he's to Philly. Kobe Bryant syndrome. He got that Kobe Bryant syndrome. He wants that. But he's not Kobe. He's not. not Kobe. He's Look, not six six. You not, not a lot. Wakil is not allowed to speak on Kobe tonight. Stop that, man. Wakil's not allowed to speak on Kobe. Don't even compare him with Kobe. Stop. Respectfully, it. respectfully, Kambui can't speak for Kobe either. Oh no, I can speak I'm on this. Lillard, Kobe, same sentence. Blasphemous. Now we gonna we gonna talk about this about Lillard. Wow, I agree. The time is over. Game over. You get out of Portland. This is on him. He is 100% culpable for this being what it is because unlike AD and LeBron, said, KD, oh. KD even. All right, look, man, let me tell you something. Your team is not that bad for you to be like, I, I-, I can't do it. Especially when you have a two-guard system where you and McCollum control the dynamic of where this team can go. You have Nurkic out there looking like he can't play he can't play at all you have that that's not good okay you got that dude out there looking like he can't do anything and a lot of it's because your guards are reluctant to play make because their viewpoint is i gotta get my 30 you get my 30 we'll see what happens and so lillard it's the little things he, he just doesn't do it all right we get it he's not a great playmaker cool but you know what curry does set screens i don't see lillard set a screen you know what curry do move without the basketball i don't see yeah. lillard do that yeah. So I, we, I wonder if him. Chauncey, right? We like him, we seen him not do that at Team USA, right? So you know what Lillard is? I'm, I'm just keeping a stat. He Kyrie souped up Kyrie minus the handles. I mean that, that's it. Now granted, <laughs> now granted, the range is phenomenal. You know what I'm the saying? It's world, incredible. It, he could do it. But look, man, the bottom line is Damian Lillard begged for respect for three years, and you know what he got? He finally got it. Westbrook hated him for it. Like, why, why this dude begging for respect, bro? I'm better than him. You know what I'm saying? Westbrook no longer better than Lillard. But, you know, you get the picture. Begging for respect. Got LeBron like, if I had Dame, I'll show him. Exactly, LeBron, you would. Because Dame would be your Kyrie. That, that, that's the point we're trying to make. All right? So Dame gets the respect, realizes, <laughs> man, they, they want me to win a ring. <laughs> I don't know if I could do it. Because you're not that guy. Now, if Chauncey can make him and McCollum, realize you got to do the little things for this team to be successful and they achieve greatness in the West. Chauncey, 
kudos to him. He did what no other person could do. He Stotts can do it. And so that's the biggest, that's my thing with Lillard. Yes, Frank. Well, let me ask you a question. Even if Mr. Big Shot does get them to realize that and they do start to do the little things that you talk about, is that really going to elevate Portland to have an opportunity or a chance to even come out of the West anyway? It's not going to happen anyway, Campbell. It will, in, it, it will in this version of the West. And here's why. So, Lakers, we all look at them, cream of the crop. When they healthy, they're going to be bad. But let's keep it a stack. LeBron, his time has come. It's over for my boy. It, it kind of is. Stop now, I'm calling it early. Man. I'm calling Whoa. it early. Y'all going to jump on that, the wagon later. You said that in 2017. I, I'm calling it right now. I, I said he wasn't the best player. I'm saying he ain't even top five. No, you said when over. he went to L.A., you said when he went to over. L.A., it was over. You said It was till he got who? Till he no, got you, who? No, 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 no. You, hey. said, when he went to, you hey. said when he went to L.A., he wasn't there to play ball no more. I, hey, I, I thought so. Then A.D. came. Gr- greatness for him. Finesse the league. <laughs> the league helped. Finesse them. All right? But the Clearly. reality is LeBron is injury prone. That's two times in three years with the injuries. We know what AD represents. Great player, injury prone. So Lakers, we'll see. Limited cap. We know they want Chris Paul. Can't get him. We know they want Bradley Beal. Can't get him. Now they I don't think it's going to be that, get, though. Finna get Buddy Hill. I like Buddy Hill. Nice fit for the team. I think that's going to help. But that's the I Lakers. I think the sign and trade with Russ is going to happen. But that's, 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 I, I think, I think that might happen, for too. AD but, for uh, No. No. Okay. Hey, two. you are a LeBron fan. Don't speak on LA moves, man. <laughs> Just enjoy the ride. Hey, let me let me ask y'all a question <laughs> because once again, I know I keep saying um, I don't like bringing it up, but I like bringing it up. All right. Let's talk about the Western Conference, okay? Because I think a lot of times when we talk about oh Dame and and all these great players, because there's a lot of great players, especially in the West. But y'all got to understand only four teams get out of the first round, right? So I'm going to list the the best duos in the West. Now, I want y'all to tell me of these duos, which one Dame and CJ are better than? All right? Brown and AD. No. Book and CP. Yeah. No. They could be. No. No. No, not right now. No. No. PG and Kawhi. No. Damn, Tucker. (laughs) <laughs> PG. Oh, 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 PG. My bad. They're definitely better than them. <laughs> okay, Jokic, Jokic, and Murray, Gobert and Mitchell, and then not uh, even Mitchell, Clay and Steph, right? Yes, 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 and yes. Now, now think, keep keep in mind those are all that, rhetorical questions, by the way. I think the, I think the closest part is Jokic and, and and Jamal. Okay, so yes, yes, and yes. So you're comparing them to now everybody I named for one has already made an all-star team. We got a couple MVPs, right? Now, Dame has made all-star games. He's made second, I think he made first team this past year for uh uh all NBA. But McCollum's not in that category. And then mm-hmm. to take it a further notch, as I talked about the top 10 players, right? Kobe and and, and Jordan are the two shortest players at 6'6. When you're looking at these parents, Dame and and McCollum are the two the two tall the two smallest, right? So you're looking at it. Not only do they have a disadvantage at skill, they have a disadvantage at size, and then they don't have a lot of help, and they both don't play defense. So, in order for them to get out of the first round, they got to beat one of these groups, and it's just not going to happen. That's why I think Dame. I think Dame needs to realize that sooner rather than later because. 
injuries, as we see, the, the older you get, it happens. And for smaller guards, especially ones who don't play defense and can't play make like that, when your skill starts to wane down and your legs ain't as strong as they used to, your stock drops huge, right? So I think it's best for him to go to the East. He can he can feast in the East. Kyrie stay hurt. Cal Come to Miami. Old. Come to Miami. That might be the best, Miami, Miami be the best place be. for him, Miami. Miami would be good for him or Philly would be good for him, I personally think. But the, if he stays in the West, he's not getting anything done, bro. He's not getting you anything know, done. And, Clem, you're speaking facts, which is why my point proven. They, they ain't that guy. So stop overrating him. Yeah, like, he, he, he cool. He, he cool. But he ain't that guy because you know what? You know what I'm tired of hearing? It's too hard. The comp. Oh, the comp. Bro, if you that guy, you can rise above the comp. LeBron did it. KD did it. Curry did he, he did it. In the he, not he did it in the that's East. That's not fair, Catboy. That's not fair. He did it in the East. Catboy, that's not fair. He did it in the East. It is fair. No, it's fair in the connotation of people are hyping up Lillard now. really just said KD did it? Like, top 10, bro. You said KD did it? I did say KD. Because KD won finals MVPs twice. And and, you know what? Hold up. If y'all even want to play that, did KD get to the finals (laughs) with OKC? Yes. Yes, So stop the cap, all right? Lillard, bro. Lillard. Lillard. He just ain't that guy. I I think that's the point we all making. If we say he got to go somewhere else and be second fiddle to Embiid, which is what you're going to be. He's a 1A, this, this, or 1B, sorry, there's levels to this. You got the 1As, the Kobe's, the Jordans, the Bronze, the, the, you know what I'm saying? It's not to say that they're, it's not to say that they're bad players. No, of course not. (laughs) Bro, Paul Pierce. I mean, Paul Pierce had his run, though. It's an anomaly, bro. (laughs) Paul Pierce, Chauncey Billups, those are anomalies. Like, Chauncey got a ring, Al Iverson don't. You're right, you're right, but he's not, he's not a 1A. We talking about the cream of the crop. The guys who you got them on your team, you're going to the playoffs, probably making a run. It don't matter who else they got. Now, if KD don't go to the Warriors with Cambuie saying about Dame, we'll be saying about KD. KD already sure. went to the finals as the one guy, number went to one. The finals though, so it don't matter in the Western Conference. Matter. Yeah, it does matter. Look, man, the bottom he line is Dame it's ain't just even want to it. That's all. Yeah, he's great. He's just like Clip. AD. AD's yeah, AD, AD great. He's just not a number one. He needs to be a second guy. Like him as a second guy. Oh hell yeah, y'all going to y'all competing for a championship every year. Dame as your second guy. Hell yeah, we 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 gotta go to the finals. But him as your number one. AD is your number one. That's a lot KD, of mental, physical. KD as your number one. KD as your number one. But Clem is being generous though. Clem being generous. He's saying one B. He ain't one B. He's two. But I'm that's where it went. Um, that's where it went with the Warriors. And boy, it's Dame's time to go, bro. Dame's time to go. <laughs> period. Time to go. I agree. It is his time to go, but it is his fault. And I think, and it's his fault because he's not. He's not. He's not <laughs> developing his game to be a team player for that squad. If he ain't does have things, he averages successful. That's just not his game, though, Camboy. That's just and not that's his game. He's a facilitator. That's his problem. Okay. That's his problem. Kobe and MJ had to develop it. And guess what? They did, bro. Okay, they did. They was like, you know what? I got to be a playmaker for my squad, not just the score for us to take it to the I, I don't even think it's necessarily the playmaking. I think it's more so his size and lack of defense. I think because we've seen, we've seen great scores who had enough size who 
weren't the best playmakers. But if if you can't play make and you can't play defense and you undersized, that's one too many faults. I'm not a hard ball game. I'm not trying to hit 30, a size because everybody averaged 30 nowadays, bro. People be scoring Probably 120 yeah. points every day. That don't matter. But I'm not trying to hit the size dog stuff world. because Man, he got I'm a not, legitimate point with that size thing, though. Real not, talk. But but hit it, hit it thing about the size. Outside of Zeke and Steph, who who else? Who else I, doing right, it? Right, right. But guess what? Zeke Zeke who? They also had their Steph respective Kirby. supporting cast, though. They all have yeah. respective supporting that, cast. That plays a big part too. They were they supporting cast. Dame Dame ain't got nothing like that, bro. Dame don't but have nothing like cast. I think Dame, I think Dame. Right, Dame properly. not utilizing Dame not even utilizing what he already has. He could exactly. Probably, he could, That's he my issue. Afford, he could afford to have more, but what he does have, he's not using it. Not utilizing it. I'm, I'm gonna tell you I what he has. What Nurkic. Saying, but I see the Nurkic can play. Oh, I, it's 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 misleading because the way he plays, you think, dang, this dude has no help. But if you see how that Portland team operates when he does feature them within the offense, they're quality players. The now. only other, the only other duo in the West that's two guards is Clay and Steph, and Clay play defense, and he's he six seven, and he's six seven, and can shoot from the parking lot, right? And can't yeah. make a shot, and he's Everybody a great else. defender. It's either that's a hard number two to he, worry about. He can't. So other game, shot. I see what, that's can't where Clem was going. That's the other game, duos. The other duo went somewhere, scores. and he was another two. Kemba, I feel like scary. All this yeah. stuff that y'all say he needs to do in order for them to pro- to propel or advance out of the West or whatever they're supposed to do, everything you say he should do, I don't. Even if he did it, he still they still not gonna do nothing. He just needs to too go. Treacherous. It's too treacherous. It don't matter. I think it puts him in a better position than what he's been in Portland throughout his career. He made it to one conference life? final. Hold up, he went to one conference final <laughs> and his got whole sweat. career. And, and, and let's talk. And let's talk about that conference final, shall we? That run. Sweat. I don't want to. I want to hey, talk about. We don't get to the sweet. We don't get to the sweet. Can't move. Like Okay. For for we we gonna get. And you choosing violence real soon, bro. We gonna get to the sweet though. Okay, we gonna get the so. B O K C and. Five, six, five, six. Was it five? Five, six, five. It was five. It was six. Yeah. It was five, five. All right. So that it was five. five. Those last three. Those last three possessions. All right. Guess what Lillian McCollum did? Oh, I'll tell you. They went ISO. They went one on five. It was was great to see, but it was toxic basketball. They went one on five. (laughs) They got every bucket they needed and they won. So they played Denver. Where where, Where did Lillard go? I'll tell you, he went down under. He vanished when he needed the most, like the avatar vanished. And you know who had to come through? McCollum. And it did help in game seven. The Nuggets was lollygagging around, like not acting like he was a game seven. So that played a huge part. McCollum went great. He went nuclear. Played the Warriors in the finals. That Warriors team had no KD. So it was just like all the other Warrior teams Lillard faced before when Curry owned him. And guess what Curry did? Owned him. Guess what Draymond did? Owned him too. Guess what Iguodala did? Put Lillard in a straight jacket. And that's it. <laughs> that's it for Lillard. His time, his time was over. And so all I got to say about Dame is this. 
He deserves his love and appreciation for being one of the more underrated players in the game. But he he ain't that guy. He not legendary. He ain't great. He not Curry. All right. He not Isaiah. And I don't want to hear size because he be booming on cats. He be booming on them. It's a tough world, boy. I'm just saying. (laughs) If you ain't got if you ain't got two all stars in the West, you're not making the finals. No, you're not. Point blank. You're barely making the playoffs. Steph and Clay. But guess and what? This ain't just this ain't just started being a trend either. But fam, get out the first round. You can't get swept by the Pelicans. You can't get swept by the Pelicans. You can't. And that's when he should have left. That's when he should have left. That's when he should have left. Can't get swept by the Pelicans. I, I think I think Dame's yeah. scoring explosion has um, elevated his his ego. I think he believes that he can get it done as the number one. But like I said, there's a lot of factors against him. Not only his you know, limited li- um, physical liabilities, but the West, it's just, it's it's the West, man. It's, that's that's why they call it the Wild West, bro. The and West, we're going to talk West, about, I mean, Brown, Brown, only been, Brown only been out the the, the, the the first round once in three years. Yeah, but, he, but, but he won a championship. Year 17. So, yeah, he won a ring. Because he's special. Yes, I hate yeah, LeBron. Because he's 6'9 <laughs> and he's LeBron. Right? I don't like, want to hear 6'9". I mean, look at us. <laughs> when you make it the first year, though, he he did. Right. Nah, it's a key caveat. But let's talk hurt. about the West yeah, and the hurt. East. So, so the Suns they did the unthinkable. We all thought they was gonna make the playoffs, and they made it. But they made it to the finals. Unreal. So, my question to you guys are: Which team, East or West, will be the Suns of the Suns next year? I mean, we got teams like Sacramento, Minnesota. No, uh, stop not, it. Not even, <laughs> no not way. even in it. Hold on, hold on. Hey, dude, I thought I could. I could. Wait, 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 Kale, 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 Kale. You know I was not gonna let that one slide. Now, not at all. Out of out of all the young competitive teams in the West, he could have named right, right. Memphis, Memphis made the AC. I think it's he, gonna be Memphis. He could have started with Memphis, yeah. right? Right. He, Memphis he could have. Zion made All NBA this year. He could have went to the Pelicans, right? Uh, uh, Cat. As much as y'all don't like him, he's been an All Star. D'Angelo Russell has been an All Star. Ant was the runner up for uh, Rookie of the Year. He could have said Minnesota. I said Minnesota though. This man went straight to Sacramento, number one. That's probably he, getting ready he, to he, receive Kuzma. He a Kings like, fan. No, he was going to the Bulls. Like he a, he a Kings fan. We we just I just got done talking about the West <laughs> and how you need two All Stars to even get somewhere. They and don't this, have one. They don't have one, and they ain't close. <laughs> they not close. I'm sorry, Cam. I am sorry. Go proceed. Okay, bro. my bad. Now, I just now, have to say now, that. Now here here the point. All right, I I was I was doing too much with Sacramento. I admit that. But the point I was trying to make was Phoenix was not a. They were a lottery team last year, and they made the finals the next year. It's going to take time to do something like that, but which team out West or East can have a, can have a Phoenix type run in the playoffs. We, we know what Memphis represents word on the street is I ain't seen you guys this. They're going to receive Eric Bledsoe and the 10th overall pick from the Pelicans. Now, now we'll see what happens. Who what they can Memphis. Now what they could do with that 10th overall pick in a deep draft, some, some great things. Nice. That might and be. I like John Morant a lot. And Minnesota, they trying to get Ben Simmons. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens personally. Ew. But they, they got a nice squad where Anthony Edwards is nice. We know what Towns represents. Hey. We know the West is tough. 
So you know, what knows. team could be that? Anybody receiving Ben Simmons is cursed. Am I the only one that when I hear Ben Simmons, it's just automatic? No. Yes, no, <laughs> just, no, it's not people just long, me, people long It's not just you. It's he belong in this bro. tournament that's going on right now. This TBT tournament, he belong in that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, man. He the belong in that. Look, Can I, I, I said... Am I wrong to say when I think about when I think about what New York did, minus the fact that minus the fact that Julius Randle didn't show up later on, can we can we think about New York as a team that could possibly do something? That was my no pick, until until they restructure pick. the roster. Let me let me let me tell you something about Julius Randle. I think this is really important. Um, um, time for you guys to get in on this important conversation. Uh, Julius Randle, honestly. <laughs> Is what Pascal Siakam was year before last in the bubble. In the bubble, you know, all NBA season, cool. But you realize down the line, Siakam is not a go-to guy. So Julius Randle, great year, and honestly, he needs to give his proper due and respect to Alvin Gentry. He opened the world to Julius, saying, "Yo, if you're a fast break maestro, running that point forward spot, you could be special." Tibbs tapped into that, and you saw what happened. But the honest thing about Julius Randle is he, he's not that guy. And I think for the Knicks to take that leap like Atlanta did, <laughs> they're going to have to get better, especially in the backcourt when it comes to offensive explosion. I like Emmanuel Quigley. He's cool, but he's all right. Derrick Rose is tough, but he's old. So, I mean, there's only so much Rose can do. So, if they cool. add some, some energy, some energizer bunny juice in the backcourt, maybe we're talking about something. But until then... They're just going to be a greedy team that may make a playoff run. I feel like if they keep the roster that they have now, they ain't even touching the playoffs, bro. The Knicks, the Knicks the are going to be that. The Knicks are going to be that. The Knicks are going to be that, uh, that. That weirdly difficult game on a Wednesday. <laughs> yes, that's the Knicks, it. Yeah, they game not going to be televised, but they're going to give you a hard time. In, oh, no, they're going to put them on TV. No, nah, I don't think they put time now. Only oh, New York. It's, 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 it's the Garden. It's the Garden. Okay, yeah, New York. Garden. New York media for sure. It's the Garden. No, it's TV it, like you said, the team I feel like that would be the Phoenix. Because I stated earlier, the Phoenix Suns and the Bucks are never going back to the finals, at least in the next ten years. But the team I believe that can be the Phoenix Suns or the Bucks coming out of the East. I said the Nick. I I said the Nick for the East, and for the West. Wait for it. Knicks ain't going to no finals. Listen, I say the Knicks in the East and in the West, I feel like OKC can get, you know, revived. You know, ah. those are Lee's. <laughs> Lee's meeting. All right. Hey, hey, Cam, you the host, right? You can, like, you can kick people we out. Can rap, we can <laughs> well, I know what team is not going to make it. I can tell you what team is not going to make it, though. The Chicago Bulls is not going to make it. Of course. It's funny you say that. That's a great segue because that's my that's my hot take. I think in the in the East, I think they can be that Phoenix Suns team. Now, like I've talked about, you gotta have you gotta have two all star guys in the in the East. You maybe don't need two like top guys, you but don't. Zach Levine being an all star and uh, Vucevic being an all star, I think Who is that's Vucevic? A, is Kobe White still over there? I like Kobe White a lot. Kobe, yeah, Kobe White's good. White's still there. I Get think cool. he's better as a six man. Now, he's inefficient. If, yeah. if they if they get oh, Zoe, if they get Zoe, I think that's gonna take them over the top. And I think they can. I don't think they'll get a top four seed, but I think they'll probably they could be like a Knicks of this year. 
They're not now, making it to the playoffs, Clem. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think okay. they're going to make the playoffs. Chicago, the Bulls, man. Not a hard feed in the East, man. The Bulls are the They're going to make the playoffs. Toronto's way worse this year. Pacers, Pacers, I don't think they're going to be as good. I don't think Toronto is getting ready to lose Cal. Cal, right. Cal Lowry trying to leave. Yeah, it's over with for the Raptors. They See, had, they, they finna blow it up. Siakam, we've seen the best whoa, whoa, whoa. of him. So even if he do stay, we don't. He, know, yeah, it don't matter. The, the second Y'all team I have in the East, LA. the second team I have in the East, I think the yeah. Hornets can make some noise. Um, it might be a little premature, but we'll see oh, how yeah, yeah, how yeah, mellow yeah. how mellow develops. But in the West, now this is where I really think. I think now, and, and, um, Ace, hold your hat now. All right, I think. If Ben Simmons goes to the Wolves, I think they can they can make a playoff berth and make some noise. Because, like I said, you you need to have two guys who have made all-star teams and ascending. Ben Simmons in that role in Philly, it was not for him, right? Him being that number one, he wasn't number one. He wasn't <laughs> yes, number he one. Yes, he was. Until this no, he was. He was, he was, he was never, never number one. one. But I think that the expectations and everything that was on him is a lot. It, if they get a chance to keep D'Lo with Ben Simmons, I don't think that's going to happen. Then they're making exactly. a lot more noise. But I think Ben Ant, Simmons is trash. But that's I okay. Freaky, Listen, with Ant, I think Ant can average 20 points in this league. And we've seen that Cat can average 20 points in this league. You bring Ben Simmons in, putting up 15, 10, and, and 6, and 2, and he's just thing. he's just responsible for being a facilitator. I you think can't put up 15 points if you don't if you shoot. Don't shoot. Ball. He, but he, he can get 15 without shooting. He gets 15 just at the rim and in transition. So he right? can get 30 if he did shoot. Yeah, but but he don't need to do that on if he goes to a um uh Minnesota, Cat's gonna put up 20, 25 a game uh shots. Ant's gonna put up 18 to 20 uh shots a game. Right. So he's not going to even have to be that guy. Like all he needs to do is hold down the fort defensively and, and uh, make plays because those other guys want to shoot already. So I think that that would be the best fit for him. And I think that would help propel them to make the playoffs, maybe the seventh or AC. But I also think the Pelicans. Right. Zion averaging 27 points last year. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with B.I., but I think that's a great starting point for a team. If we're talking about who's going to be like Phoenix and make that run. But. Pelicans and Wolves, I think, could possibly be the Phoenix of this um, past or this next year. Who's gonna be the number one on their Pelicans team? Zion. What do you mean? Who's number one? Zion. It's not even All close. Right. All right. Here, here's here's the big problem. Uh, first of all, um, that Toronto. Yeah, he's discarding the Raptors. Uh, they, they'll be back. back um, no. they, got the, they got they got the fourth. <laughs> over, they, they, no, they're not going back to the finals, but they'll be back in the playoffs. Um, wait, they wait, got, who? Oh, Toronto. Oh, get there. He said to get there. I'm now, saying look, who, whether, who, 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 okay, right. so whether you guys want to admit it or not, all right, those guys having to play in Tampa Bay, it, it killed them. Siakam was out here fighting his coach, cussing them out. I mean, where he do that at? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, Van, Van uh, Vliet. The trail was, <laughs> right, Van Vliet was talking about, man, this, this is terrible. You know, Kyle Lowry, I think, was thinking, man, I'm going to get traded any day. You know, these guys just weren't there emotionally. So, Canada's open back up the borders. They'll be back up at the crib. That should help. They also got the fourth overall pick. They talk about getting Evan Mobley. They may get Jalen Green. We'll see what happens in the draft. That's going to be a little topic we touch base on before we cap this off. So they'll be cool. Now, but also Kyle Lowry, old. He is old. And and I heard 
a sign and trade is probably going to happen. So they may get something back for, you know, for, for Lowry. So we'll see what happens there. So you got to consider that. Uh, you got to you look, know, Chicago is toxic. They're, they're not touching the playoffs until they get rid of ownership or they, bro, it's over. They're hey, not getting there. Be careful on Griffin. You're not too far from the United Chicago's <laughs> Chicago's gonna make the playoffs. Zach Levine's better than everybody I on wish. that Toronto team. And Vucevic, outside of unless Scotty come back, the Bulls ain't making the playoffs. They're they're not. All right, you know, okay. you know, All you know right. gonna get there before Chicago. D Detroit. Basketball. Remember this yeah. statement. With, Jer- yeah. with Jeremy Grant yeah. being their best player. Whoa. Yeah. Kate yeah. Cunningham yeah. is coming. He's coming. Yeah. To you the think he's, yeah. think he's going to be better than Zach Levine in his first oh, game? Yeah, I do. Hold up. Yeah, hold up. Hold up. They had two first-team All-NBA players. Who? Well, I'm not All-NBA. All-rookie. Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart. We know what Dwayne Casey represents when it comes to building up young talent. He can do that. Killian Hayes is coming back from his torn labrum hip. Whatever <laughs> he had there, he can make plays. But hold up, he laughing. Tay Cunningham oh my is God. special. Imagine Luka Doncic with defense. That's what you're getting with K. He can get it done. Coming with that young squad, knowing what Casey represents, Pistons making the playoffs. Before the so you goals. think you He's think K. Right Cut- you think right Kay Cunningham is gonna have a better Boy, season Boy, than Zach Levine? Pick me. Hey, he won't have butter, to. Now, Ace, Ace, I see you want to get in on this. Ace, Pick me. come through. Okay. What you got to say? What if the Pistons don't wind up with this number one pick because it's a possibility that Houston trades up? They're not trading up with Houston. I, look, Houston is just showing their hand that whoever they take it, they're taking a guard or they're trading down. They're not going to take Mobley. It's a few options up there that somebody can trade up to one. Look, Who's Cade, to say Detroit don't trade for it? Cade is going to Detroit. I know we heard all the smoke. He's going to the Pistons. And when he gets there, he's going to make things happen. And these laughters I'm hearing will change. Now, out west, um, I think Minnesota is probably a player away from making something happen. If the Ben Simmons thing is true and they can get him without getting rid of D'Lo, they can make something happen. Uh, Look, the Pelicans, I I just don't trust them. I I don't know what Willie Green is going to bring to the table coaching-wise. We'll see. I think Zion needs to develop a jump shot. He, he needs it. And I think they, me and Clem can agree, they got to pivot off of B.I. Him and Williamson, they, don't, they can't coexist together. The reason why Brown and Tatum work in Boston is because Brown is the slasher that's improving his jumper, and Tatum is the three-level scorer that can make you pay from deep if you leave him wide open. I, when I look at Brandon Ingram's game, it could be Scottie Pippen-esque. He just doesn't like to play, make, or defend. And I don't think you need two slashers on your team on the wing. That's a recipe of disaster. I'm hearing their backcourt situation is a question mark. David Griffin said to Jacques Vaughn when he was looking for the job, I want Alexander Walker and Kyra Lewis to be my starting backcourt in the West. And while I like stupid, while I like Lewis and Walker, you're setting those young kids up for the buzzsaw because out West, that young backcourt. You're going to get Curry, Thompson, Curry and Beal. Like, it's going to be tough. So, I don't know what New Orleans is, is cracking out there. I will say this about Sacramento. All right. Well, I don't see them going to the finals. I do think getting Kuzma and doing something with that ninth pick can help the Kings get to their first postseason since Kenyon Martin. And that's been a long time, bro. A long time coming for that squad. 
But Fox oh, is ascending. Right. Halliburton, before he got hurt, was playing really well. They're not going to keep Bagley. So that means Kuzma going to take Bagley's spot eventually. And we'll see what they do with that ninth pick. But I think Sacramento makes the only sense because if we look at it from the connotation of this, they built just like Phoenix. The problem is they're not Phoenix. All right. Like they don't have, when, well, hold up, when I say this, a backcourt to build upon. Halliburton, Fox, Booker, Paul. Now they're not the same type of players, but they got a competent backcourt out west that can survive. The so issue that fe- that the Kings have that the Phoenix Suns don't stability in the front court. That, look, as much trash that we kind of talked on Aiden, his struggles defensively, he tries at least to protect the rim. Bagley doesn't. Harrison Barnes is longer than the tooth, and I don't know who they have playing at the five four. Rashawn Holmes, he won't stay long term. So they need stability in their front court. I think adding Kuzma to that, as ridiculous as it sounds, is a starting point. Because I think Kuzma's biggest issue is he's playing with LeBron, and LeBron's having him spot up. That's not his game. Um, and while I, I said, to do. and while I said, <laughs> you don't care. While Kuzma, I said, need from, to, Kuzma need to go to Grambling on UAP or something. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sydney uh, Valley. Somewhere. Bro, y'all got to chill. Okay, <laughs> Tugaloo. Come on. Look, Kuzma can play. All but right. I do feel like, he maxed out his second year. I said that play, he maxed out. He's not going to be that. But he can be a competent friend starting wing or four for the Kings. I mean, come on. Swaggy P is better than um, Cool. No, I think Cam got a point. If as much as, you know, the Kings are eh, – they got talent, you know. I think if, if, cool, if Bagley can stay – if Bagley doesn't get hurt and he can play a full season – that puts Kuzma as your fifth best player. And if he's the fifth best player on your team, I think you're in good good uh, position. I just don't know who you take out of the playoffs in order for the Kings to make it. That's just – I just don't think they have a number one guy. I think De'Aaron Fox is at best a 2A right now. I don't think he's on like a, a – even C.J. McCollum level yet, you know, because he's not, he's not even like – perennial all-star so if you don't even have a guy who can make an all-star team like how are you gonna make the playoffs in the west True. well i think i think fox is an all-star caliber player in like the east but i think he's big but he's playing in the west though west right he got to get to the playoffs Jamal i think he gets Murray, to the playoffs. chris paul devin booker right. uh uh curry clay's coming back dame dame lillard, dame lillard right um cp3 john morant john morant he, mitchell Here's the, caveat. Here's the caveat that we're not including. The word on the street is Kawhi Leonard is not going to play next year. I didn't even so say no... Kawhi and PG. Right, yeah, but we ain't going to say PG. We ain't going to say PG. He's not going to play. He's not going to play. But there's no guarantee the Clippers are going to make the playoffs without Kawhi. Like, I'll, I'll, PG's cool, nice comeback story. Okay, that's but fair. he's up and down. Hey, cool, so that could shoot. be a spot to have. You know, Memphis has been a fringe team for a minute. But let's say they don't improve their roster. I think that could be the worst thing that they do. And it doesn't sound like they won't. They'll make the necessary steps to do so. We got to consider that. And then also, you know, injuries can happen. That, yeah. that That's something that can account for. So and there's the play-in. So, I mean, it's one of those situations where we all agree. Sacramento play. has the talent. I think the issue is coaching. Uh, Luke Walton sucks. And I do think another issue is Bagley. Like, <laughs> where, did he, where does he fit in in the front court? I think that's a big thing as well. But I think our West... 
uh, Minnesota might be the safe bet. I mean, they have stability. Yeah. Um, I, I do think if they get Simmons and keep D'Lo, that, that's a nice start. I think the biggest thing that people don't consider with the Timberwolves, they started off for what it's worth, not worth a lot. They were 2-0 and to start the season, and then Towns <laughs> messed up his wrist. Yeah. And then they went downhill after that, like supremely that's downhill. That's two games. Uh, it is two games, but they did beat the Jazz, and um, they beat them to, pretty, pretty to, bad. So Wakil, to, to make Cambu's point, uh, the Warriors went 0-2. And made the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, that was no, a little worse. They didn't make the playoffs. They made the playoffs. They made the play in. They made the play in. But those two games, we were like, bro, they look horrible. And Curry came. And right, the Warriors got blown out by 70 points in two games. Now, granted, that's, they did play the Nets and the Bucks. I mean, that, uh, I mean they, you know, that, that's not great to start the season. But they did play the Nets and the Bucks. So. It was 73-19. Dude. <laughs> okay, anyway. This was six years ago, bro. Last but not least, we're going to touch base on the NBA draft. That is actually next Thursday. Well, Ooh. Thursday coming up. It, it is coming. Be, I might be there. Just okay, so, you know, Clem mm. might be there. You know, maybe my, you know, IG vlogging. Who knows? But it's coming. And for lack of a better term, we all can assume Kay Cunningham's going number one overall. But yeah, we let the teams picking Pistons, Houston, Cleveland, Toronto, Orlando. Which team has to hit this on the nail to jumpstart a rebuild for the foreseeable future? Houston. Ace says Houston. Ace, Houston. why do you feel Houston has to get this right? I'm going to say this and give my take, and then I got to kind of cut out early. I got some pre-daddy duties I got to take care of. So um, I feel like Houston just went through a lot of turmoil. Houston, you know, you went from being at the height of the height where you were kissing a championship, you know, pedigree type of team. And now you you have some young pieces that you can, you know, kind of start to, you know, rebuild around. I like Christian Wood. You know, I, I like, you know, a tandem that you can – and they've, like you said, they've made it real obvious that they they chase the guard. You pair a guard with somebody like Christian Wood, it's looking real pretty. So – and then I mean, it's, you still—if you still had a veteran, you know, around in John Wall, it's, it's looking real pretty for him. So I feel like they have to hit it on the nail in this draft in order to make a staple. And if they don't, it's going to be another long season for them. It's going to be real, real long. But that's my vote. All right, Ace has the Rockets having to get things done. Uh, Frank, I'm a casual. Oh, <laughs> got these, got these five teams up here. Um, we know what teams like Cleveland represent. All right, as Ace heads out. Which team do you feel like has to get it right in this draft process? You know, this Thursday because this is the deepest draft we've seen in the past few years. So who needs to maximize their opportunity in the top five? Detroit basketball. That's who I think. That's who I think. I, uh, it's been a long time since Detroit. When, when did they last time they won a championship? Was that in 04? Uh, yeah, we're looking 06. at 04. And then even before that, we're looking at what? Um, what? 1990. The 90, 90, 89 and 90 uh, seasons that they won back to back. So I think that Detroit really needs to make a statement. And uh, I mean, maximizing in this draft. I think, I mean, Detroit has been known as a team that is grind. They grind, they grit, they really come hard and really come to play with the bad boys, even with that team that Phil Jackson said that the team that won the championship with Mr. Big Shot, all those guys said on paper, it was no way that that team was even supposed to beat the Lakers. So 
uh, Ben Wallace, players like that, HBCU. You're talking about players like that who really came out and had that grit and that grind and had the hunger and the thirst to win. I think that Detroit has to make these type of moves if they want to try to be a staple once again or make a name for themselves again back in the East. Clem, out of the top five, who do you feel like needs to make that impactful pick to get back on track in the rebuilding stage? Well, I don't think Houston has much pressure at all. One, because they have an owner in Tillman Fertitta who's willing to spend money. And they're also in a, um, a hot city that attracts, that has a lot of other things that will attract players outside of just basketball. And they have Christian Wood who's, um, you know, with the lack of big men, I can see him probably sliding in um, an all-star game in the next year or two. Um, and then Kevin Porter Jr., you know, he's, bit of a head case but he's been he's been he was doing pretty good even uh Kenyon Martin Jr. had some games down the stretch so I think they have a a pretty young nucleus probably not gonna, they're not gonna make the playoffs but I think they have something something going so if they get a solid pick they'll be all right Cleveland kind of the same they 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 were able to get Jared Allen they have um looks like they're gonna move on from Sexton but Garland seems to be in you know a decent starting point guard moving forward um my, I think the team that really needs the most, I think Pistons are going to be fine because of where they're positioned. I think Toronto, because for one, we know that guys have spoke about it. Not only is it a cold city, but it's out of the country and going back and forth through the customs. We've heard time and time again from Lou Will, from Kawhi. I mean, hell, even DeMar DeRozan, as much as he loved to talk about, you know, he enjoyed being in a hotter city. Um, I think Toronto's at the point where they were expecting Pascal Siakam to take the next step and be their number one moving forward. Doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Kyle Lowry's getting older. I mean, we talked about Damian Lillard and his inability to, you know, take that next step. I think even with Fred Van Fleet, I think at, at best he's a number three guy on a championship team, if that, you know, because he doesn't play. I mean, he, he gets after it defensively. But he's not a guy who you're probably going to put on the best player to go let, uh, shut him down. He's not the best playmaker. He shoots the ball well, though, and can create. So I think Toronto, they really need to capitalize on this because the only way they're getting anybody of any type of caliber with potential like that is if they draft them because I don't think any free agents are going there. Akil, who do you feel like needs to – Max Monster chances top five picking in the draft coming Thursday. I say I, I will have to agree with Ace and say the Rockets. Um, piggybacking off what he said, um, the turbulent year that they had at the start of the season last year with the whole James Harden uh, situation trying to get – well, not trying, but he did force his way out of there. And then them getting like a shell of himself, John Wall coming back off an injury. I feel like that team, which was literally one game away, I believe it was 2018 or 2019, one game away from the NBA Finals, I feel like they probably the most deserving of a fresh start just to keep that market going. But uh, then I will, you know, have to say the Pistons, like Frank said, because their team with a lot of moving pieces and they actually help, you know, jumpstart other teams with they, they trade. So those two teams specifically, I say – need to make the most happen in this uh, upcoming draft. And last you know, but not least, yeah, but last but not least, Deshaun, want to hear your tidbit on who needs to maximize their chance 
uh, in the top five I'm, in this draft? I'm going to roll with, with what Clem said. Uh, I think it's Toronto. You know, they've always, for the majority of um, the, the, uh, the 2010s and to right now, they've always, up, well, up until last year, they've always been on the cusp of, um, of getting to, uh, to at least out of the East. They've always been on the cusp of getting out of the East, and they did it once. But, um, you know, like Clem said, you know, nobody wants to go there. It's very out of the way from all of the other places. Uh, it's not the it's not, you know, the most desirable place in terms of a market. So I think for them, they have to grow all of their talent um, organically. Kawhi was an anomaly. He uh, he forced his way out of San Antonio. So I think, uh, you know, they because it's so out of the way, nobody wants to go there. Nobody necessarily wants to play there. I think it's just um, I think it's like Cleveland. Uh, they have to they have to plant their seeds opposed to just go buying good plants. Yeah, I agree with the Toronto sentiment, and I think that's a valid one because out of all the five teams in this top five, they're the one that, you know, legitimately next year, people are going to put them back in the playoff picture just based upon how an oddity of a season that they had and the fact that they'll be returning home and they're going to have their core, and we'll see what happens moving forward for them and free agency. But I think the obvious answer is Cleveland, and just the reason why is their history. Um with the exception of having LeBron and what Mark Price and Brad Doty and those guys represented in the early, late 80s and 90s for Cleveland, the Cavs are not a very good basketball franchise. So they have to get something to try to build towards prosperity moving forward because what they've built every time LeBron has left, both times has been nothing. And the second time around, LeBron, not he's not coming back. So it's not like we will be trash, 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 and then our savior will return, be the GM that we never were, and bring things back to light. When it comes to 21st century basketball, Cleveland's not a very good basketball organization when it comes to building talent, like, through the draft. And so, you know, their backcourt of Sexton and Garland has not worked. We all knew it wasn't going to work. They attempted a, a Lillard or McCollum type thing, too. The problem was Garland really is a point. And Sexton kind of is a point too, just a scoring point. So they just didn't have a skill set that could placate off each other productively. So that's not going to work. And then their front court, Kevin Porter Jr. didn't work out because he was kind of a basket case. And, um, you know, they still having front court problems to this day. Jared Allen, they might not even re-sign him. Now, granted, they're picking thirds. So they're in a weird predicament where they might not get Cade or Mobley, but they might get Jalen Green or they might get Moby. They can't blow this. And it sounds like if they don't get Jalen Green or Cade Cunningham, they might trade down. And that might be a good thing for them because I think the more picks that they can acquiesce, the better to fill out that roster. But Cleveland, they've been bad. And they're in a situation where they don't need another porous draft to set them back again because at this rate, they may not sniff a postseason for the next decade. And that's going to be tough for that organization. But that's kind of how they've been since LeBron's come into the picture. When LeBron was there the first time, they didn't do anything. I mean, there's a whole video about it on YouTube about how when LeBron was there, Carlos Boozer was on the team, right? And they didn't re-sign Carlos Boozer. And that started the domino the first time LeBron was there of Cleveland not building anything around him. He comes back the second time and he plays GM. And good thing he did because – if they probably didn't do that, they would have stuck with the same roster that they had, Wiggins, Braun, Kyrie, Waiters, and that would have done nothing. So 
it's just one of those things where the Cavs need to write their front office wrongs through the draft, and they got to do it in this one because they're picking in a deep draft, and they got to execute with the compensation that they have because if they don't, it's going to be a long decade for them, and that's not good for their fan base. Can't boo it. I just had a quick question. I mean, basically what you just said um, about – I think you made excellent points. My thing is just listening to you, what you're saying – is you're saying that Cleveland, other than the arrival of LeBron James being the savior of Cleveland, really, you said Cleveland has really been bad. So aside from LeBron James coming and changing the trajectory of the franchise, they've always been bad. So then if that's the case, why is it so imperative that they got to be, you know, they got to turn this thing around? They hadn't been good before now. Let's look, let, let's think about this. Let's look at this. 2013, 2013, you drafted Anthony Bennett, bus. 2014, uh, you got uh, Andrew Wiggins. Bust. Bust. I'm just going to stop right there. Like, and, so everything you just said, like all of the points that you was valid, that you tried to, that you used, I ain't going to say you tried, you did. You used it. For in favor of Cleveland is the very thing that I think it works against them. And and, well, they're in a- and, and to add to that too, like I that's why I, I don't think they're in a bad position. One, they don't have any pressure. And then two, they have pieces like Jared Allen, although he's not like, you know, any, you know, top guy, but he's a solid starting center in especially in the Eastern Conference. Like he can hold his own and he's probably top three can top five candidate for defensive player every year. And then even if you don't stay with Colin Sexton, he's like, you can get things for him. Like he's not someone like around the league that people are not going to give up something for. He's young. He averaged almost 20 points a game this past year. You drafted Garland who has proven like, okay, this guy can play make and he's good. Like, I think he's going to be a solid starting caliber uh, point guard. So you have your point guard and you have your center. Now, if you use that uh, Sexton pick to get like a maybe a versatile three along with Larry Nance, who's, like I said, not a a great player, but he's like he's solid. And if you draft Jalen Green, you got a solid one, a solid two. Isaac Okoro coming off the bench. Uh, um, Larry Nance, Jared Allen with that draft pick. I think you can make something happen. Like you're not making a playoffs this year or maybe next year, but maybe in three years down the road, they stay together. They could probably make some runs. I, I feel you on all of that. But the sad truth is this is a franchise that they've had those pieces, but they haven't been able to put them all together before LeBron came, you know, when they got Kyrie, Tristan, Dion, we know what they represent now, but back then we all viewed them as potential cornerstones and that didn't work out. You had Dion, um, I punching Kyrie because he felt like Kyrie was playing buddy ball with Tristan. I mean, look at that toxic environment back then. So it's just one of those situations where it's just no guarantee that Cleveland's going to do it right. But they're under so much pressure because they're in a position where they're picking third. So that means you're going to get the crumbs of Cunningham, Mobley, or Green. And I feel like all of those guys are all NBA talents. So you're going to get an all NBA talent if it falls through for you. But it doesn't feel good when you're hearing they're entertaining calls from Toronto and Orlando to trade down. And while trading down in this draft isn't a bad thing, 
you need an all NBA talent because your track record has showed why you don't draft horrendous. The guys that you do bring into the fold, they're cool guys that deserve to be in the league and get checks, but they're not foundational franchise pieces that you could build a competent team nucleus around. And that organization hasn't done that since the 80s when not a competent team <laughs> since the 80s. I can't even say with LeBron because when they got LeBron, they didn't build nothing competent when he was there. Game so boy. nobody wants to play in Cleveland, though. Who wants to play in Cleveland? And that's fine. I'm not saying that you have to play in Cleveland. But what I am saying is it's up to Cleveland to create an environment to where people want to play with them. Golden State, contrary to popular belief, was a small market in Oakland. They built yeah. a winning culture, and now people talk about Golden State like they're a big market. And that helps right. in Forbes right. when you're top five. So that's facts. So but it's also gotta... in California in a beautiful mm. city and probably one of the best economies in the country. I think that helps in San Francisco, probably not so much in Oakland. It but ain't help in Sacramento. Uh, well, to Sacramento's credit, <laughs> they got to build a winning culture and an environment. They have, I just feel like, look, especially in this era with social media, it doesn't matter the market. If you that guy, you're going to become a superstar in this league. You, you just start. We see that with Giannis. He's in Milwaukee. Now, granted, Giannis loyalty Milwaukee yeah, Giannis is beyond. Different. It's different because of the amount of comfortability and relations that they developed with not only him, but his family that helps. And he needed that because when he came over here, he wasn't sure if he wanted to stay. So he's different. We get all that, but you got to build a winning organization so people can feel comfortable. When Paul George signed an extension with OKC, he felt like, yo, this is a winning organization. I could kind of build with now granted money helped, but they built something there. And so with Cleveland, you just got to build. You just got to, I mean, they didn't build anything productive. I mean, first round exit, but you got to build something. And I think Cleveland, I think for the Cavs, don't trade down. Use this pick to take whoever is a part of that Cunningham, Mobley, Green trifecta. And you get him, you incorporate him within your team, trade sex and for, like Clem said, variety of assets. You'll be able to fill out the rest of the roster. And now you have that all NBA talent leading the charge as the focal point. And now you're getting somewhere because they haven't had an opportunity to get a player like this since Kyrie. And we know what Kyrie represents, great talent, but he's not franchise building. So uh, for Cleveland, don't mess this up. Maximize. You a well, Camboy, call you butter because you on a roll. <laughs> but with that, I'm going to wrap up episode 24. It was a good one. Spent a lot of time and energy talking about the finals. Had Dame slander. Uh, we were able to comment comment on what the NBA draft can mean to these five teams. And before I go, with all my guests involved to talk about how they like this platform and what they're really trying to look out for as the NBA draft commences next Thursday. Wakil, you can go first. Um, well, I want to say um, thank you, first of all, for having me um, on the podcast. And, um, you know, just, you know, Give me opportunity, you know, to get some of this stuff off my chest. It's like the old days a little bit. But uh, I would like to see, like, the NBA going forward. And um, I heard you um, kind of touch on this earlier, Camboy. It's like to kind of get away from the super team aspect of the league, you know, that Kevin Durant kind of spearheaded when he went to the Warriors. And, like, start drafting those players for, like, the next generation. Because if we continue on this, like, like you said earlier, 
all our favorite players are in their 30s. Like LeBron almost 40, Chris Paul 35 plus, Melo is 37, Dane, Kyrie, Katie, all of them is 30s. So like we need a new generation of talent that don't just revolve around, you know, everybody clicking up. I feel like that kind of ruined um, the league. So this draft hopefully can be like the start of that. And as we've seen like this season, two two teams nobody ever thought will be competing for a championship because keep it 100, people just hopped on the Bucks bandwagon. When the season started, everybody was hollering at Philly. Philly, Philly, Philly. Uh, and the Suns just got lucky. So hopefully we can get more basketball like that where, like, people actually have to compete down to the wire in the postseason and um, make the finals. So that's what I'm most excited for after this draft. Clement, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I agreed with Wakil, um, who rehearsed me to say, um, a little bit as far as the um, – the guys like not clicking up. I kind of like that parody in the league. I mean, obviously people are going to click up. You want, you know, maybe one or two guys, but the whole three, sometimes four, like that's, that's a lot. And I think that's going to uh, go down a bit because now it's like everyone has their own brand and ego with social media. So like guys, I think are going to be a little less um, likely to give up as much to, to go play with the, with a guy on his level. Um, but I, I think where I would disagree with Wakil is he's saying most of our, well, my favorite players are Devin Booker and, um, and Zion Williamson in the league right now. And they're in their twenties and the best player in the league is 26 years old. So I think, I think the league's in good hands, you know, like you look at Luca who's, in his early 20s, Trey Young. I don't look at him. Well, you should. Luca, I mean, you look at the Eastern Conference Finals, and Bid's still in his 20s. I mean, um, Trey Young, you got, like I said, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. So we're seeing a lot of a lot of the young stars got a chance to play on the higher stage. And I think that'll continue moving forward. I'm ready to see it. Deshaun, what is your intake on what you're looking for? Um before I say that, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Always a good time. Um, what I want in the league, because I do think the, the future of the league is brighter than it's ever been. You know, when it comes to my favorite young players, you know, I love Ja, love uh, Luca, um, you know, all those guys. Um, but what I want to see this year is not necessarily, you know, the imbalance of, you know, clicking up and, seeing who we who because historically you know it's been pretty easy these these past generation to see who's going to make it to the top of the hill and for the most part they've done that but I think this uh this league that we're coming into is going to be a lot more competitive I, I don't think it's going to be a east west thing I think it'll be a, a um an overall like type of I think the 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 league in itself is going to it's going to be wild like you know, with all the, the young players we got coming in, it's just – it's going to be crazy for the East and the West. And last but not least, Frank, uh, talk about your thoughts about the pod and what you're looking forward towards, not only in the draft, but beyond as we head into the new NBA season. Uh, just like everybody else, Kimbo, I want to thank you for having – you know, giving me the opportunity to be on and just to have opportunity to 
talk to you guys again and man, and just let the uh, opinions and ideas and commentary just bounce off of me. Uh, it just makes me a better, you know, a guy who can talk sports and most definitely talk basketball. But uh, I think what I what I think about first, as far as the NBA draft and what I'm expecting, um, just solid players. I'm looking. I, I, I want. I want to see some solid players. I want to see somebody with some personality, somebody like M, like an impact player. Now I know I don't want to use this. We talk about him all the time, but when Braun came into the league, Braun had that thing that certain Genesequa, uh, you know, he just had it, bro. And, and that's what and that's what I'm looking for. And the, and the sad thing about it, Campbell, is when we think about the drafts, the drafts don't have that now. We don't have that. Now I will say this to you. I'm gonna. I, I want to say this. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out on a limb right now, and I'm gonna give you a name that I think could be a player that would be an impact that I that I like personally uh, in this draft. Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga. I like him. He's exciting. He can shoot the three, and he passes the basketball. I think he's the type of player that can come in in the NBA and make some type of impact right away. I'm just going to put that out there right now. So two years from now, or if he's in the rookie of the year race, we can you can already say you heard it from me first. So I think that's what I'm looking for, Cambui. And as far as, um, um, you know, opportunity to be back on the podcast, man, just more conversations like this. I think anytime that we can come together and, like I said, again, let ideas bounce off of each other, it's always a good thing. Because, like I say, you personally, you're more of an analytical guy. I'm not more of an analytical guy personally myself. I'm a guy that remembers different events or different, like something like with Giannis. Giannis going for 50 points that'll always be etched in my mind. So it's just stuff like that that I think about. But hearing you and the rest of the guys talk when you come with your stats and when you come from the analytical standpoint, I think that helps me a lot. So um, big shouts out to you for what you're doing right now. I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot from all of you guys. You know, you guys, man, y'all like family, man. We kind of all knew each other and developed relationships with the pod. So I'm always going to be grateful for that. And I think for me personally, as I look into this NBA draft and then beyond as we head, you know, towards NBA offseason, this is the deepest draft to date. And I've actually been investing in this draft more so than any other draft that I've ever been investing in. I've watched tape of a lot of players look at their strengths, their weaknesses. I do feel like this is a very uh, guard-centric draft. So if you need a guard, you can get a guard that can come in and be competent from Davion Mitchell to Jared Butler to Trey Mann to Cam Thomas. I mean, you're going to get different types of guards that do a variety of things. Obviously, when we look at these top four or five prospects, Kay Cunningham is special. I mean, when I say he's Luka with defense, he's Luka with defense. I mean, he's like that. Um, and we all know what the two Jalen's represent in Green and Suggs. Suggs with the versatility at the guard spot. And Green honestly reminds me of Vince Carter. The athleticism is crazy. The shooting is phenomenal. It's a weird form. I'd like to see wow. it translate at the next level. And he, But he's 6'7". He's wiry. He's long. You just wonder, can he fly his frame and play on the wing? That's important. And But I'm going to say this, and I mean it. I think when it's all said and done, I think Evan Mobley, or probably the best player in the draft. I think Cade's plug and play now, but Evan Mobley's going to be the best player in the draft five years from now because he reminds me of Anthony Davis. He can guard one. We can't guard one through five, but he can guard the fours and the fives. He can play. If you isolate him on some pick-and-roll type situations, he can cover ground on the perimeter. The jump shot is there. 
He's got touch around the basket. He's great at protecting the rim. He's got to fill out his rim as well so he can consistently play bigs at the five spot consistently. But he's a special being at that four and five spot. And in a league where when we think about big men, international players run that. Americans, man, they need some bigs to come in and hold that down. We know what Carl Anthony Towns can present. I think Wiseman, once Golden State realizes what he is, can be something. But Evan Mobley, I think four or five years from now, is going to be the best player in the draft. And I think still the draft moving forward, uh, Josh Giddy from Australia can play. Reminds me of Manuel Ginobili. He'd be a competent six-man. I really like Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler. When I saw Baylor play in the tournament, those two guys stood out. Their ability to be on-ball defenders and their ability to score as well. Butler reminds me a lot of Malcolm Brogdon. I just wonder what his heart condition, can he be able to play at the next level? Going to see how the physicals and stuff playing out there. Davion something that I think the Pelicans should get. He could play. Um, he could run that point a little bit. He could defend. He could shoot. Um, while his play style reminds me a little bit of Donovan Mitchell, I think he's basically Marcus Smart with a better jump shot. And so this is a very deep draft. You can't miss. You can't go wrong. So I wouldn't blame a team like Cleveland trading down. But when you are a team like Cleveland, you need an all-NBA talent. Green's a, he's a can't miss, for sure. And with that, I'm going to wrap up episode 24. It's been great to be with these guys. Episode 25 is coming out uh, next week. We'll talk about the draft. You know, if these guys would love to come back on and talk about that, we can make that happen. And I'll talk to you guys later. I'm back at it. We're going to stay consistent with it. See you guys next week. Peace.